This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO, or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. This is Jeff Gobb here at PWG for Tremendous, I don't even know the name of the show, but you're listening to Busted Wide Open. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode 131. I'm Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. This just in, Biggie splits with New Day. No, really, he did the splits with New Day this week. Twice. That was was insane. Twice. Twice. And now he's out for meniscus surgery. So there you go, Biggie. See what happens. Six weeks he's injured. Not because of that, but that was still, that was very impressive. You're a very big man to be doing those splits. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you for joining us this week. Oh, my God. So much wrestling. So, so much wrestling, Nick. We are just past WrestleMania weekend. We're in the downturn. Oh, my God. We're in the exhale. Uh, <laughs> we are. And we, there, I mean, this show this week is going to be absolutely massive because so much news has happened. So many shows happened last weekend that we weren't able to cover on our WrestleMania and TakeOver recap show. There's just so much to talk about. And I don't want to waste any time. Let's just do housekeeping and then we'll, let's get into all yeah. of the tons of things we have to talk about, the, the other shows and listener questions and NXT and, and then everything that was happening on Raw and SmackDown. Let's do some housekeeping. Yes. We have, some, we have a discussion group over on Facebook. You should come join it. It's called Busted Wide Open Discussion Group. Send us a join request. We'll get you right in. Also, follow us on Twitter at BWO Podcast, YouTube at YouTube.com slash C slash Busted Wide Open. Be sure to hit that little notification bell. I promise you it's important. And if you love this show and you want to support what we do, head over to Patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of our awesome reward tiers to get in on listener questions, access to show notes, Bonus episodes like the one I just put up this morning and an hour and a half talking about everything we know and think about AEW, so you don't want to miss that. (laughs) Patreon BDO to BWO to AEW. For real. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, no, man. That's uh, I I remember that episode when we recorded it. It was a lot of talking. Yes. It was a lot of talking. It was good stuff. So check that out. And uh, please, guys, if you you like that kind of extra content, let us know what you'd like to hear in the future. We're, We're happy to to take your requests. But uh, Nick, as I said, we have a ton to get through today, so let's not waste any more time and head right over and talk about the big news. Well, we mentioned it on our WrestleMania recap show, but we didn't give it the time that it deserves, mainly because, I don't know, we had 27 hours of WrestleMania to talk about, but <laughs> Bret Hart actually got jumped and attacked during the Hall of Fame speech on Saturday night. 
Yes, he, w- this, he was being, you, being inducted for the Hart Foundation, him and yes. Jim Neidhart. So he's up there with, with Natalia, Neidhart's daughter, and, and uh, some dude jumped out and tackled him. Well, you could see him, you know, hindsight, you know, you could go back and watch the clips again, which is another interesting point I want to bring up. You could see him running down the stairs of the arena uh, right behind them in the, in the camera angle. And even though they went to great lengths to remove it, cut to black, um, it, you know, I had watched it. I was a little bit behind watch, from watching it live. And I still, all of a sudden it went black. The camera stayed on the audience. And then Drake Maverick got up there and said all kinds of stuff. But I went back and checked the next day. It's completely gone. You, oh, it's gone. You, you can't yeah. see oh. it. It's cut out. So let's well, talk about find, what actually... You can find that on YouTube. and sure. on, you know, you, If you want to, you can find it, and you can find the perpetrator's mugshot and information about him, which we will not disclose here because I don't really want to give this little twerp any kind of notoriety or anything or the fame that nope. he apparently, apparently so, so badly once. Um, you know, hopefully he goes away and we never hear about him again. But um, basically, long story short, yeah, they, this year, instead of having everyone on a stage, they had, in case you didn't watch this, they had a, a ring that was set up like an actual wrestling event. And there was a ring in the front, only with one side taken off. So that was the presentational side. And then there was a podium on it. So unfortunately, that meant that it was kind of easier access and security, I guess, was lax. And this, this little guy, you know, jumped everything and went into the ring and tackled Brett to the ground. That being said, um, also what you can find on YouTube is a bunch of, uh, and, and Instagram and everywhere else, is a bunch of like fan-made videos, fans that were recording the whole thing. So you have a, actually kind of a better angle. And uh, the whole fr- fracas is actually immensely entertaining because this guy gets taken down immediately by some of the baddest men in the world, uh, including uh, Rhonda's husband, Trevor Green, Travis, sorry, Travis Brown, Trevor Green, Travis Brown. Uh, I'm going to call him Trevor a, Green from now on. I just yeah. can't. Just. <laughs> TR and a color. Travis right. uh, Travis Brown was like the first guy in the scene, and he was he was grounding and but pounding Tra- this dude. The guy was swarmed purple. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> Shut up. And he, <laughs> and he was just pounding this dude. This guy gets picked up by like eight people. One of the first people like with, a, with like his hand around the back of his neck, Dash Wilder of the Revival. And there's a great angle. You can see Dash just lay in this cheap shot on this guy, like just pounds him in the face, and the guy just crumples as they're carrying him out of the ring. My favorite was Davey Boy Smith Jr. going through the ropes and just pounding this dude as they were trying to pull him from the ring. But I want to send a special shout-out to Natty because she kind of took the brunt of this. She was under the pile, and that was one that if you weren't paying attention, it was quick. they quickly got her up. But yeah, he got, she took, he got. She took the fall of like three guys. He got Brett pretty good, and he like he tackled Brett down. Brett's now having like hip issues apparently as a result of this like minor pain. Uh, so thank goodness it wasn't any worse. But Natalia definitely got dragged down with that. She was kind of grabbing onto him and went down with it. But yeah, then she got piled on too. So you know, again, thankfully nothing really bad came of this. Brett even made a nice joke about it afterwards. Uh, very class act. Finished his speech and everything. Um, but yeah, wild. We'll see if they keep that set up next year or, or what they do. Um, the only thing, thing now is like, will there be any repercussions for Travis Brown or Dash Wilder uh, for assaulting this guy? Allegedly, uh, I, I say, I, I, you know, again, it's a justice system. I have no say, but uh, this guy, you know, it's, it's the old wrestling adage. You know, once you come over into the ring area, it's your fair game. Yeah, and DX happens, even DX called that out later. They were like, "I dare one of you assholes to come down to the ring when DX is in here." <laughs> no shit. Well, they're also not old and survived cancer and a stroke. So, True. you know, 
But anyway, yeah, so crazy stuff at the Hall of Fame. Um, we also, other, also in the big news, we have an update on AEW. Uh, Jim Ross and Dave Meltzer have said that uh, they believe that AEW will be coming to a, quote, key cable station in fall. Uh, all the, uh, everything else that we know says it's pointing to uh, Turner Broadcasting. No surprise there. TNT or TBS. And uh, it's looking like it will be debuting on Tuesdays once SmackDown Live goes to Fridays, which is a really smart idea because there's already a built-in wrestling audience on Tuesdays waiting to watch some material, and they won't be directly competing with anybody. It's a brilliant. I think that's a brilliant idea. But that means, Nick, AEW to Tuesdays. Tuesdays to AEW. You heard it here first. <laughs> Tuesdays to AEW. Yes. Heard it, heard it, heard it here first. <clears throat> uh, also in the big news, the there is a... Uh, I, this is kind of I, I mushed this all together into one story. So Pat McAfee, as you may have noticed, was wearing shorts during his the WrestleMania kickoff. He always short, does. Show he always wears shorts. What's the big but apparently? Deal? Well, apparently there was a big blow up. Michael Cole, who's in charge of all the announcers and everybody, yelled at him. And this has brought up this whole thing where there's a lot of past announcers and people who've come out and said, "Yeah, Cole kind of gets mad. And he's creating a culture where people just you know." irrationally yell at you if they like you you're great you're golden if they don't like you they'll just keep messing with you and you know when i think back about mauro ranallo and jbl like there seems to be a pattern going on or something that you know it might be something to keep an eye on like if there's some sort of pattern of bullying and um uh and that sort of thing in, in the announce teams that's going on there um, I definitely respect Michael Cole's ability, but you know, I I know next to nothing about him as a man, uh, other than some of the things that I've heard and some of the things that came out this week after him, uh, you know, browbeating Pat McAfee, especially from uh, Alex Del Barrio, who used to do uh, NXT, uh, is that Cole can be a bit of a monster. So that's that's very interesting stuff. Um, but also, I'm, I'm kind of smushed it together with the fact that we've also learned that uh, writer Robert Evans got fired. He says he quit. He tweeted that he quit because uh, he helped Bret Hart with his with his Hall of Fame speech. And in it, Bret thanked Vince. And Vince has a no thanking me policy, you know, kind of on the level of don't sneeze around him. And apparently there was a bit of a discussion about it. And Robert Evans, quote unquote, was fired, quit as a result. Um, also, Road Dog is stepping down as the co-head of writing SmackDown Live. And it, depending on who you read and who you listen to, it could be a number of things. PW Insider says it's because he's frustrated with Vince always taking the reins and the control out of his hands. And uh, PW Sheet says it actually has nothing to do with that, that it's just a creative decision, that uh, they're rejiggering everything because they're moving SmackDown to Fox in the fall, and he's going to be ending up somewhere else, and it's actually, you know, everything's amicable. So lots of drama post-WrestleMania. Uh yeah, man, crazy stuff. Not to be outdone by the uh, impending superstar shakeup that's going to yeah. be happening next week. Uh, that's I, I think I actually said we almost had to shake things up after WrestleMania. I didn't think it would come a mere ten days afterwards. <laughs> right. Well, and it's it's interesting to, to note that you know there's been a whole lot of even before WrestleMania a lot of crossover superstars going to other brands and whatnot. Uh, so the question is, you know, is there are they going to unify the brands? Are they going to keep the brand split? How strict are they going to be with it, especially with the Fox deal coming in fall? Like, you know, with them going to Fox and on Fridays in the fall and SmackDown kind of becoming the flagship show at that point. Will the superstar shakeup even matter? Will they unify the brands down the road? So we still have to wait and see about that. 
we did get some teasers about it, some, some you know, wetting our whistles, if you will, when it came to WWE programming. But to talk about that, Nick, we got to go, go talk about Monday Night Raw. Well, we start things off, I guess you could say, with all the feels. Seth Rollins and Kofi Kingston both end up out in the ring celebrating their new championship victories. Yeah, man, I loved this. This was awesome. I loved this. Ah. Oh, man. Hey, when was the last time, and I, I mean this seriously, when was the last time that you felt like that watching WWE TV? Like, it's, you know, WWE, quite often, every time they give you something nice, there's always something to offset it, like a, some sort of heat-getting moment. Um, how often do you actually see something like this where Seth Rollins comes out and gives this very wholesome speech about winning the title and bringing it back and, and having it mean something to him. And then Kofi comes out to interrupt, and he's got this meaningful speech about how it means something to him, and the New Day kind of put him over. I mean, when was the last time that we, that we had like this much kind of good feeling you know, about, I've, about I've, it? I've spent the, the better part of the week you know, processing the fact that Seth, Kofi, and Becky, all three won all at WrestleMania. All three faces, which and he said it was... An impossibility. Yeah, th- that that wasn't going to happen. They were going to lube us up with two of them and then take the one away. Nope, they didn't do that. So, it, oh, I, yeah, all week I've been sitting here processing. You know, even after we did the recap show on Monday, the, the day after, I've still been in my head going, "What is up here?" Did I feel like we won? I feel like this was the victory. This was the defining battle where we won the war of the last two to three years. Of the Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar era, <laughs> and we finally, finally got our victory. Uh, A little and, bit, and and it just, that's what it felt like. And it's then weird. we got the 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 match of matches with the two of with Kofi challenging Seth. For both belts, winner so take for a all. Winner take all match. Yeah, he's like, I came to Rocks. I wanted, you know, we did it with the women's belts. Why not the men's belts? And at that point, I was like, what? the heck is going on but before we get into what happened on the show i do want to have one more point here actually kind of two more points and one is as you said that it's we're finally in a space where it it, you know they kind of set it back in december and maybe that was their way of setting it up for this like they knew then that they but they didn't they didn't know that that kofi was going to have the momentum that he had they didn't seem like they knew exactly what they were going to do with brock and seth uh you know, for them to say then, we, we want to listen to you guys. You guys are the authority now. You fans are the authority, uh, which is obviously not the case on a micro level from a week-to-week basis. It's certainly not true, uh, nor, are, I would argue, should it be. I don't think they should be necessarily beholden to their fans. Fans shouldn't be the bookers. Uh, we want to be surprised. We want them to, to swerve us sometimes, but we also, you know, we want to be uh, also entertained, uh, and there's some decisions that they make that are just ridiculous and we'll get to that they made one on this show a huge one huge blunder in my opinion but at the same time you know they told i would say all three of these stories very well i think that the build to the ronda becca becky charlotte match was awful but they landed the plane all things said and done i think that the seth rollins brock lesnar thing was kind of an afterthought but the way that they landed it with seth with him bringing it back and and feeling like the guy who reclaimed that title for us, you know, and just the way that he he presented that, it felt good, and they they pulled that one off. The Kofi one, that's the other one I think I want to talk about here. The Kofi one 
is the aspect that's next, next level. And just over the last week since WrestleMania, I've been looking at all of the media that's come out uh, and on the social networks and, and everywhere else, people reacting to Kofi's win. I can't, or maybe, maybe not since Daniel Bryan, maybe not even much longer than that, has a wrestler winning a title felt like it meant this much to so many people. Yeah. Like this, it's incredible the kind of emotion and weight this is seeming to carry. And not a lot of the stuff I'm seeing, this is not produced by WWE. This is not them putting it out there and saying, aren't we great? This is genuine. Well, I'm pretty so, sure I remember saying last Thursday on our, on our preview show that they had an opportunity here to do the right thing and that there was a lot of social context yeah. to do with these three matches. And, you know, you've, you've got your first ever women's main event. You've got the, the exhaustion of Brock Lesnar. And then you've got uh, the, you know, how many, I can't even think off the top of my head any other African-American WWE champions. Yeah, first African-born WWE champion. Yeah. Um, and, and, and what that means. I mean, you know, the, the, the number of things I've seen where, where they talk about representation and, and having the kids be able to look at a champion and say, he looks yeah. like me. Yeah. You know, and, that's, and that is so awesome to feel that wave of emotion coming because of this. Um, and, it was, and what's crazy is they, so often we, we talk about how WWE doesn't let people who get over on their own stay over or they have something hot in their hand and they bungle it like Rusev Day. Uh, this is one where they had a hot card. They had a hot hand, excuse me, and they played it. They played it perfectly. For the most part, you know, aside from some nitpicks we could make in hindsight uh, and at the time, overall, they played their hand perfectly on this one and they, they took it home and they gave it they gave it the weight it deserved. And they did made the right choices with having Kofi go over where he did, when he did, how he did. Yeah. So and, and it, it paid off this week, that opening of Monday Night Raw. Man, there was some good vibes in that in that arena. Oh, yeah. Just to have it back in Brooklyn as well. You know, it, uh-huh. it, Brooklyn, <laughs> Brooklyn might be the new Bizarro land. Well, it is, I and mean, that's the funny thing, right? <laughs> it's Bizarro Land. They cheer who they should boo, and they boo who they should cheer, right, Michael Cole? So they say every year when they were booing the crap out of Roman Reigns for the last four years. Right. This year, you had three face, new face champs come out, and they all got cheered through the roof. So imagine that. Yeah. See how see how not hard it is. Yeah. See how this works. <laughs> see, good God. But the problem was is as good as this all sounded, and the and the idea of having a winner takes all match on the Raw after WrestleMania for the two big male belts. That sounds insane. That sounds crazy. And the whole audience was like, what? Oh, my God. Okay. And sure enough, at the end of the show, the last hour, we had Kofi versus Seth. It happened. They had a match. Sort of. And then that match was interrupted by the bar. Here's the thing. All right. I kind of figured that they wouldn't unify the belts. It would just be too much. It'd be too insane. You couldn't have one of these guys lose that 24 hours after winning at WrestleMania. It would have definitely hamstrung them. But what they did, so you know, I, fig- I figured something was going to happen. The bar came out, interfered the match. All right. I was like, eh, that sucks, but fine. What was weird is then it became a tag match. Kofi and Seth versus the bar. Wait, what? Wait. W- weren't they just fighting? Yeah, and like, and they were even building it so that Seth was kind of mad at, at Kofi for interrupting, for coming on his show. Like, what? Yeah, th- this it was, was it dumb. Was, 
it was bizarre. It was dumb. It didn't feel right. It didn't feel good. Um, you know, it was, it was one of those things where even the crowd that was there was rebelling. Like they were furious. They were, uh, throwing beach balls and, and shouting bullshit. Like they were mad and I don't blame them. I was too. For that I was matter. mad at home. I was like, that's dumb. Why? So, but why book yourself into a corner like that? Why book yourself? That's could they could have completely avoided that. Even if you just have a smaz finish, and it just okay, you know, no one wins. Ha-ha. Double count out something. Double count out, or or someone interferes, and they both get beaten down, and then we start off a few something like that. This was just dumb, and it left everyone with a bad taste in their mouth going out of a uh, uh, Monday Night Raw. Yep, just too bad. Luckily, there was some other good stuff on the show. Uh, Becky, as we mentioned, is also a champ. She came out. Becky two belts. Becky two belts came out with her two belts. Middle of the ring and celebrated. Had a nice little moment with the crowd uh, before turning to leave. And as she left, who should come out but Lacey Evans? Does her stupid catwalk down the ramp. Stares at Becky. Becky stares back at her. Lacey goes to leave and then clocks Becky in the face. Gives her a huge woman's right. Becky stumbles, and then they tussle. And it was a good tussle, Nick. It, it was, and I want to give a special shout-out to Lacey Evans for doing all of that in heels and an extremely tight dress that Dude. never that never came off as much as she fell and got thrown around. And like it, it, Props to the wardrobe department on that one. That, that, was, that was very impressive. Props to Lacey impressive. Evans. Props to Lacey Evans for pulling that off. Yeah. I, she was taking some hits and giving some hits, in those heels, she was flopping all over the place. The fact she didn't break her ankles is a miracle. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> but no, this was so. This is good. What do you think about Lacey? Potentially, looks like being the first of all. It's Lacey's first major feud. Uh, Becky's first feud post WrestleMania. What do you think about Lacey Evans being that feud? Uh, I, I'm not mad at it. I like the uh, the Becky Twitter game of of calling her new Charlotte, and that <laughs> WWE apparently has a type. Yeah. Hint. Hint. Becky, um, Becky, Becky is God of Twitter at this yes. point. We've realized that. My, I, I think I said on the Facebook discussion group this week, I think that her we, – we were calling her Becky 316 at the beginning, and there's still, of course, aspects of that. But she's definitely doing – she's her own animal. She's kind of synthesized the, the badass man character, which she can be as soon as she gets set off with kind of like goofy Becky that she always was. Um, but she is also, I think, the first superstar to really like – also base her character largely on Twitter. And people who follow her on Twitter get the full man experience. Yeah. Because, dear God, she's a savage. An absolute savage on Twitter. Um, as far as Lacey goes, I'm, I'm not terribly mad at this. I don't know if it has a good future <laughs> for Lacey uh, with Becky just winning. I don't know if, this, if they're not going to unify the belts. Does she get to challenge for one belt or the other? Yeah, I, I don't know. That's that's what I'm. That's what I'm from reading Twitter and from reading like WWE presses. Yeah, that it sounds like she'll be challenged for both belts, which is why I think Lacey actually has a good opportunity here. Is she could conceivably take a belt off of of Becky if they're really going to push the hell out of Lacey? Which, dear God, for all these months of her walking up and down that damn catwalk, I hope they give her a push. Yeah, and she's not just like you know a big cast for Daniel Bryan, right? Ugh. Uh, so. Yeah, so I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. it certainly, was a, a good way to get this going. Um, the the tussle was awesome. <laughs> Great tussle. 
So not mad at it. They also tussled on SmackDown too. So it definitely looks like it's going that way. And and so far their physicality has been real nice. I like how stiff they were working with each yes. other. Yeah, it'd be uh, good to get her in some ring gear and actually have a match. Yes, that would be nice too. Uh, Elias came out to complain about, about getting interrupted at WrestleMania. He said the next person interrupts him is a dead man. Bong. Bong. <laughs> and sure enough, <laughs> who should come out but old man Taker. A dead man. Uh, who looks like he's, he's lost some weight. Looked pretty good for his age, uh, except for his weird hairline. Was, I don't know. He looked kind of alien. It's, it's weird. <laughs> That's a great one. Um, it looked like somebody had grabbed his eyebrows and just like pulled them way back. Yeah. Like it, I don't know. It's weird a, looking. Love Taker, but man, I, it's, time, you're, it's, it's time, dude. Come on. It's, yeah. I don't know. Like, where I, does like, this I, go? <laughs> I like that he's dropped weight. Like, he looks like a scary old, like uh, anyone who ever read the comics of Preacher, and knows like the 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 saint of killers from that. That's kind of what he's starting to look like now. Like he's like they always base that character kind of on Undertaker, but now it's come full circle a little bit. Um, but he, so he and Jesse the, Ventura could do a reunion tour as Preacher and the, the Crypt Keeper. Oh, oh God! Uh, but no, the question was why Taker? Why Elias? Elias said on a radio show before WrestleMania that he wants to he wanted to have programs with some big guys. He thought Elias was ready for people like John Cena and Taker. And everyone online laughed at him like, "Come on, dude!" And here he is. He's had a he's had a thing with Cena. Now he's got a thing with Taker. Uh, people were wondering why Taker would come out. What the whole point of this was? Uh, from what I have unearthed, this is going to be the program for the next show in Saudi Arabia. Is Taker's going to show up for that? And it's gonna be some a match with Elias, something like that. So right. that is why Taker showed up. Well, we've to, got that uh, to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, we've also got more Baron Corbin. Corbin came out to 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 say about how how great he was at WrestleMania, beating Kurt Angle, and then Kurt came out to shake his hand and say he wishes him luck, bad luck, and he gave him an angle slam in the middle of the ring, which was great. It popped the crowd. Everyone loves seeing Baron get beat up. He's Man, you know, you can argue whether or not he's getting go away heat, but he's getting heat. People hate that guy. I just don't know why Kurt came back out. You're supposed to, you know, that's your farewell match. Farewell. Yeah. Thank Say you. Farewell. Goodbye. All of that. Why come back out on Monday night now? Well, it, it just completely it, undoes what you did on Sunday. Well, but it also made people feel a little bit better is that he finally he got one over on Baron Corbin on the way out kind of thing. You know, he lost the match, but he got another angle slam on him. But the problem was who should come out? Lars Sullivan. Lars, uh, long lost Lars, finally showed up and uh, killed Kurt, just straight up. Gave him a, what, what, do you, what does he call his big old slam the move? Freak accident. There you go, freak accident and then a diving headbutt. And uh, yeah, Lars is, Lars is here. Lars is here. Fantastic. Uh, what do you, what do you, what you, oh, so you liked it, huh? You thought it was a good debut? Oh, well, I mean, it wasn't the best. Like, come out, beat down a, an old man and scream at him a little bit and play over your music. Yeah. yeah, fine. Okay, I'm fine with like, it. Let's see what I happens. Feel like, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. The momentum is gone. People are kind of like, oh, yeah, where were you? We heard about you. you know, what, what now? I think he's going to have to do more than just beat up a couple people to, to really get over. Yep. So we'll see. Uh, speaking of returns, Sami Zayn returned. And uh, at first, we weren't sure if he was heel uh, Sammy or face Sammy. And he called out. He said he wants to get a match in. So let's have a match. And who should come out to have a match with him but Finn Balor for the Intercontinental Championship. That was Finn's and, decision apparently. At the yeah. uh he he told the ref and then told the the uh the timekeeper and the ring announcer and I, I was surprised by this. Like you just yeah, won it, it was great. dude. 
Oh, no, it was fantastic. He's a fighting champion. And it gave the match stakes. It was like, oh, Jesus, is Sammy going to win this his first night back? And of course he didn't, but it was a very entertaining match. A couple of times you were wondering when Sammy rolled away from that first coup de grace, I was like, oh, oh, dude. So they gave me a little swerve at the end. It was a good match. It was a really good match. Sammy's still in good form. Finn's, of course, Finn. So, yeah, very fun match. But then Sammy loses. And uh, can I just mention, we're losing Dean Ambrose. He had his final match, supposedly, on this episode as well. We'll get to that. Did Vince trade in one Dean Ambrose for, like, a poor man's Dean Ambrose? Because Sammy's new style is very Dean Ambrose. That's true. I'm I'm not saying. I'm just saying. It's a little more tame, I guess, is the word I would use. But uh, what's important to understand is next week we're in Montreal, guys. Oh, man. Is he going to be a heel there? Because after this match, he went full heel and delivered like a new Daniel Bryan level of audience shredding promo. Yep. Like just laid into everybody uh, saying he didn't miss anybody. He didn't miss being there. He said that the WWE was toxic and that the crowd made it so because everyone's entitled and thinks that they have an opinion that matters. Everybody's a critic and has a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know who he could possibly be talking about, Nick. <clears throat> but I'll say this. Great. Ne- next week, SmackDown and Raw are in Montreal. Yeah. And if we don't get some badass Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn yelling at each other in French... I'll be severely disappointed because that's well, what they, I look to every time they go to Montreal. Yeah, they had a dark match on SmackDown, two of them. So maybe, Ooh. maybe, maybe they're warming each other back up. I don't know. But the thing is, is like that. The speech was great. Again, very and very new Daniel Bryan. He closed it. With, I think my favorite line of the whole thing for me. This was like a punctuation mark that made the whole thing better. As he was basically running down everybody, he says, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, come out every week and hold you guys accountable." Basically means he's gonna preach to everybody every week because no one else will. And he goes, "See you in hell." Tosses the mic and leaves the ring. I was like, yes. Yes. Yes, Sammy. Yes, Sammy. I love it. Oh, Sammy. Yes. Preach to me, Sammy. So loved All right, it. Then. Loved it. Loved it. Can't wait to see where he goes with this. Um, I would even love it if he and Daniel Bryan teamed up and like tag team promoed on the audience. That'd be a lot of fun. Uh, we also had a couple of other things happen on Monday Night Raw. Not quite as important. Uh, Alexa Bliss squashed Bailey. As Alexa Bliss's return to the ring, dispatched of Bailey in, oh God, under three minutes, five minutes, very quickly, with a DDT. Uh, I didn't know what to take away from this. Whether it's Bailey back to losing to Alexa Bliss all the time, Alexa, hey, she's back in the ring. Will she be competing again? I didn't know what to. I didn't know quite how to wrap my head around this. I think Bailey will always have fans. I think Bailey is that character that will just always <laughs> have fans. Despite what the WWE does to her. Despite what they do. <laughs> and as a, as a double whammy, she's one of those that was a kid growing up loving WWE and really just doesn't care in the mm-hmm. sense of what she's doing or not doing, just that she's doing something. And she's probably happy to go out and job to Alexa. She's probably more than happy to... I mean, they just had the tag titles. They just did the tour all of that stuff. So there, th- she's probably having the time of her life. I, I don't want to try and speak for her, but I, I just get that impression that she's just always smiling, and she's yeah. just always having a good time. So good for her. Is yeah. what we think about what's going on means nothing, but at the end of the day, it's you know, is is she enjoying herself? Is she having? Is she still working well? Yeah. 
If you yeah. say so. I, 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 I was scratching my head about this, but we'll see what happens after the superstar shakeup. You yeah. know, if they, if they split up her and Sasha or what they're doing. Uh, do. Speaking of speaking, <laughs> speaking of tag teams, Nick, it's happy time for you. Looks like Gable and Rude are going heel. They got beaten by Ricochet and Alistair Black this week, uh, and it, they started reverting to uh, to nasty Healy tactics. Are we finally getting your evil Bobby Roode, Nick? And if so, is it too late? Uh, uh, I, I what I'm concerned about is mm-hmm. this: is he taking Gable with him? Because this wasn't on the Hulu edition, so I didn't see this match. Oh, uh, he's yes, he's taking him with him <laughs> for sure. They're they're both Damn on the it. same page. They're both on the same page. Okay, yeah. so uh, is it Dick Heel in a suit, Bobby Roode? Um, not, not yet. We just so far we just have Dick Heel. We don't know if he's in a suit yet or not. All right. Well, damn it. I want Chad Gable to do good on his own. Let they both need to be on their own. I, I actually <laughs> leave Chad tend, Gable alone. I tend to agree, but uh, unfortunately, hey, it's it's baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. They might split them up in the superstar shake da- shakedown, superstar shakedown, shake up. Uh, we'll see. But as of right now, yes, it looks like Bobby Roode is heading heel. Yes. You might be getting your wish. Yes. Hashtag Marestlin. Yes. Uh, speaking of tag teams, this is one surprised me. Kurt Hawkins and uh, Zack Ryder retained their belts against the Revival. Poor Everyone Revival. Who- Everyone who thought there was going to be a Zack Ryder dump the next night, you're wrong. Revival did not win. Once again, uh, they squeaked at Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, squeaked out a win over him. Hawkins is now 2-0 and oh ever since winning his first match. That's, that's a weird thing to think about. Against the Revival, by the way. Right. Yeah. So, I, I, don't, I don't know. know if- one of the most legit badass tag teams on the planet. Yeah, Come on. I think I think after punching that dude in the face at the Hall of Fame ceremony, no matter what Dash Wilder did, we were going to speculate it was about that. Whether they we're like, oh, they're punishing the revival for punching the guy, or they're like they're rewarding the re- revival for punching the guy. No matter what, <laughs> we it has to do with punching a guy. Has to do with punching that guy, the heavy-handed Dash Wilder. So who knows? All we know is revival now gone zero and two against uh, Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. Yikes. We also had, as we said, Dean Ambrose's final match. It was against Bobby Lashley. Lashley got to look like a beast after losing to the Demon on Sunday. Dean was left laid out after going through a table and being speared on the ramp and just uh, generally annihilated with Renee tending to him as he lay prone. But before the match stage. started, Lashley yeah, had the, the commendable line. <laughs> the greatest line Lashley's had since coming back to the WWE. Uh, don't worry, Dean. I'll take care of your wife after you're gone. I, uh, that's some heel shit right there. That's oh. some heel. Sh- that's the that's yes, Lashley. Yes, thank you. I mean, that's terrible. It's what a horrible thing to say. What a great thing for a horrible heel to say. Yes, yes, that's you that's know what, what I mean. Yeah, that's what I meant. And it's yeah, I loved that. More of that, Lashley. Just slimy bastard heel, Lashley. I I'm so glad they went heel with him because he's such a weird face. Uh, and. His face is so weird when he's being a face. His smile. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that weird yeah. Lashley happy smile when he's trying to be happy. And you're just like, ah, never smile again. Do not want. Do not. Uh, do not want. The question is also, what's up with Dean? Like, this, it's the weirdest exit I've ever seen from WWE where they openly admit the guy's leaving. And then they give him matches and promo time and keep him with some sense of respectability. Like, usually they're really petty. And they make them look like garbage. Like, granted, he's jobbed out every match. We expected that. 
but he's gone down looking like a fighter. You know what I mean? It's it, and they've given him respect. With like after after Raw, uh, they had a whole thing. They put it up on WWE.com where the Shield reunited one last time and said bye to Dean. So it's weird, right? I I don't have any idea what's happening. I think we're all getting worked because until something confirms that he's leaving, I don't think he's leaving. Yeah. Why Why would they do everything you just rattled off if he was actually bailing? That's what I'm saying. It's it's. Weird. I don't think he's going anywhere. That's well, my my gut's telling me this is all. We're all getting worked. Well, he's got a couple more weeks in his contract. He probably won't be working much in maybe house shows. Um, they said this was his last televised match, and then he's got 90 days no compete after that. I would imagine. So he obviously won't be at. He won't be if he's going to AEW. He won't be there at uh, uh, Double or Nothing. He's certainly not going to impact whoever posted yeah. that in the group. By the way, <laughs> ah. come on. No, that's not. Uh, how about no? So a couple of things on Raw. We had uh, Mojo Rawley give another uh, promo. This time the mirror was cracked as he was screaming at himself in the mirror. Okay, that's not what I want to talk about, though. Okay, yeah. Let's 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 get to the final the thing about this Raw before and, we have to move and on. You got, and we have an explicit Smackdown. tag on this podcast, and you guys know I don't lightly drop the f bomb. What the fuck was that turkey in a box <laughs> puppet smoking <laughs> bullshit? <laughs> Yes, you spent your one. Uh, what in the hell did we just witness? Is this supposed you, to be Bray Wyatt or some shit? Okay, so basically, if you guys haven't watched Raw yet or SmackDown, there is a little blip segment insert with the box from the movie 7 smoking in a dark room, and all of a sudden the top of the box pops open, and what I can only describe is what looks like a wrinkly penis with a beak Pops out of this thing like a vulture uh, puppet. It's like a buzzard. You know what I mean? I think I think it's supposed to. I think it's supposed to be an evil looking buzzard puppet. Uh, it basically looks like the gobbledygooker zombie. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> Maybe that's what it's supposed to be. The gobbledygooker comes back as an undead zombie. I think it's a reference know. to Bray I, Wyatt and his whole buzzard well, thing. And it laughs. You know. The buzzard laughs, and it's definitely Bray Wyatt laughing. His little wheezy laugh. These guys. Yeah. yeah. Oh God. I mean, just when I thought. That they couldn't ruin Bray Wyatt anymore. I and and I, this is I've been saying this for four years now, Nick. Four years since we st- and and on this show, this show has actually uh, uh, as if you go back and listen to our old episodes, it has chronicled my steady decline into depression about the the Bray Wyatt character. What once was one of my favorite characters in the WWE, now I think is one of the worst botches and mishandlings of a character that they've ever done. In their entire yep, the, all the years they've been around, it's it's this is the I can't think of a single character that had more potential that they messed up as badly, and now we've got laughing, weird dinosaur buzzard puppet things. I'm done, man. I'm done. I'm done. Nope, nope. Miss me with that. Mm mm mm. Get out. Last of here. but uh, certainly not least. Uh, it, as if the smoking vulture in a puppet in a box wasn't enough of a reason. Why do you think uh, this show, this Raw, drew the lowest Raw after WrestleMania numbers ever? Because of the the damn buzzard in the box. Everyone knew. They they sensed it. They sensed the the the, 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 the that that was coming, and they were like, nope, nope. I want none of that. I'm not watching that. No. In all seriousness, I don't know. I. I you know, they gave us these big babyface wins. You would think that would bring people back to the product. What it may have done is made everyone feel completed, and that's why Vince doesn't do it more often, is you need to wait and see what's coming next. Whereas now you're like, cool, my hero's won. I don't want to see what's coming next because it can't possibly be better. Um, that's the only thing I can think. 
Um, either that or they've just driven away so many people. I'd like that, to that's see this. I'd like to see these stats next to the Hulu numbers if we have that data. Because I'm wondering right. if more and more people are starting to watch the condensed version because they just I don't have three hours on Monday night very often. Yeah. And well, this is, you know, this is what's maybe that's an is, explanation for the fall off into the third hour. Maybe it's an explanation for the fall off of the numbers as a whole. But I don't know how we get Nielsen data for Hulu viewings. Well, and what's what's weird is that you you know obviously WWE would rather drive its uh, viewership towards uh, towards live TV because that's where their ad revenue comes from. That's where their money comes from. You know, their the money they get from streaming services is minimal compared to to the live tv uh, obviously that's you know the two billion dollar deal they well they didn't get that from streaming right so yeah that's that's definitely something they have to be alarmed with and looking at like reasons for people to tune in live you know if they keep giving us stuff that we can catch on youtube or streaming or wherever they're either going to have to relook at, at how they're going to run their business you know the house shows are dead so I, yeah the fact that the raw was just i mean like a full point it was a huge drop off from last year for the raw after wrestlemania and last year was a, was really low so pretty crazy so pretty crazy. I, the new place i moved in out here i get cable just because we moved in here it's just built in and everything so i have a charter spectrum or just spectrum now cable subscription so i can log into the TV apps like Discovery and USA and all that stuff, I can do it. For some reason, it doesn't stream. They don't play WWE Raw on the USA app, which right is, because they want you to watch it live. Well, they're, this is the point to, I'm getting yeah. to. Oh, I okay. watch things like Gold Rush and Deadliest Catch and things like that on the Discovery app, and every five minutes it stops and they play seven commercials on huh. the live streaming app. Why can't you guys do that? Yeah, good question. It's 2019, guys. Come on. Well, I got to say, Nick, that may be the case. We'll never know. We don't have the books in front of us. Uh, it's certainly something that's going to be an ongoing speculation. But something else that was ongoing was WWE, and we have plenty more to talk about over on SmackDown Live. Well, the Kofi celebration continues, folks, into SmackDown Live. Not to be outdone by a... Winner takes all Universal versus WWE title match on Monday night. We get the New Day Kofi celebration. And the bar interrupts again. <laughs> again. Well, was this was more because obviously New Day is a SmackDown team. This is the more of like the Kofi homecoming. They really, right. you know, Kofi talked about his family was, was in the crowd and he pointed them out. And uh, we had like a really nice segment where New Day got to stop and kind of drop the act a bit. And say, you know, this is what we wanted all along. Like, the, like really give us the reality of what it was. Um, talking about how how the whole thing was started with the new day and how they're trying to change, for lack of a better word, the culture of wrestling. Yeah. Um, and and how it's working. And honestly, taking a step back and looking at it, like one, we're in the middle of history as far as the new day is concerned. I really. We've, we've been very high in the New Day on the show for a while, even while some people were getting, quote, sick of them. Um, I really think there's a lot of what they do that is extremely underratedly groundbreaking in terms of mixing their comedy and their like over-the-top sports entertainment with some fantastic actual wrestling and ability. The mic work is top-notch. They are on every facet of the business 
they are they are as good as anything that we've seen in the last 20 or 30 years. Yeah. Um, and as a unit, they're also, because they're so close in real life, they have a real charisma and chemistry with each other. That translates so well. And it speaks, you know, of Freebird factions and factions in general. If you have guys that have real chemistry in real life, how much that can just jump through the screen and sometimes become even more powerful than just one person. You know, because I don't think anyone would argue with me if I said Kofi would never be here on his own. He's absolutely here because of this whole New Day ride. Yeah. And that speaks volumes about how they are together as a team and, you know, the way that they complement each other. So it's, I think it's something that we're going to look back on and say, man, they were really something special because it, they are. And we're, we're looking at it. You can, it's even debatable to an extent that... Uh, Xavier Woods and Big E have been the two big personalities of the New Day. Where So Kofi Kingston getting the opportunity is is equally inter- interesting there because of that performance that he had against that, that one time against Daniel Bryan. Well, it's one, and it it's, kind it's, of just put it yeah. to the moon, right? It's wonderful because because of the the varied dynamics that they bring to it. You know, I don't think this would work with everybody. I, I know it wouldn't work with just anybody. And work as well as it has. Again, like you said, you know, you've got Big E, who is is all of these things in one package. Xavier Woods as well, um, and then Kofi brings a whole different element to the table as well. So the fact that they all gel together, it really is kind of like a weird mad scientist experiment that somehow went right. Yeah. So no, very wonderful. And this opening segment really drove that home. Uh, even though at the end, as you said, they did get interrupted by the bar who challenged the New Day to a three-on-three match, which confused everyone because there was only two members of the bar, but there's someone else in the WWE who comes out to the sweet sound of the pipes, and he walked out Drew McIntyre, Drew McIntyre showing up on SmackDown, and uh, later on in the evening, we had a three-on-three match, the New Day versus Drew McIntyre in the bar, which is fine. It was a fine match. Yeah, nothing, nothing too major. It was a blow off of, of WrestleMania. The New Day won, and then they had a big celebration to close the show. I, again, way better than how they ended Raw. It wasn't wonderful, but it wasn't bad. This was not who I was expecting, but it made my fantasy booking brain go crazy. <laughs> and who, were you, who were you expecting? Lars, honestly. Oh, really? Um, but when when it when his the, when the pipes hit, I was like, oh yeah, oh okay, yes, uh, uh yep, uh, uh, okay, that this is gonna happen, this is gonna, yep, okay. But I'm gonna save all of that because for our April bonus episode, patrons, we're gonna do this fun thing called "Hear Me Out," and we are gonna book the next year in the craziest fantasy booking method we possibly can come up with. We're letting Nick off the leash. You're turning me loose. <laughs> and unleash him. <sighs> Anyway, not to get sidetracked, loved this. Uh, there was some speculation that Drew got hurt, and um, I want to I talk about that for a second. Uh, do you have any information on Drew McIntyre that he did get hurt in this match? He was tended to yeah, backstage we came or back, We came back from commercial break, and he had just, like, vanished. Yeah. Uh, and apparently, he like, yeah, he went over the barricade and walked away on hard cam side and just, just left. Uh, it could have been a booking thing where they just didn't want him to be anywhere near a pinfall. Yeah, but uh, no, I haven't heard anything about him being injured. So, yeah, no idea. Just it was it was weird. But <sighs> okay, whatever. I mean, I, again, it wouldn't. It Please wouldn't don't make be sen- hurt. <laughs> it would make sense if they're going to have the new day celebrate afterwards. You know, the bar clears out. Yeah. Whereas Drew's character is the kind of like mad dog who would stick around. I don't know. It's yeah. 
Speculation. Who knows? We had another three-on-three tag match, though, that was also a ton of fun. Ricochet, Aleister Black, and Mustafa Ali. I refuse to just call him Ali. Versus Rusev, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Andrade Cien Almas. Yeah, just on paper, you could have told me that this was going to be a great match. And it was. It was fun. It was just an audience entertainment, you know, bunch of spots. Fun stuff. I had a moment during this match that I want to share with the, with you and the audience. I had this moment where not only did we just we just came off of WrestleMania on Sunday. Here it is Tuesday, SmackDown Live. I'm watching this six man tag match with these six guys, going, "This is the future of the WWE that we're looking at in this ring right now." And that's when that little epiphany kind of hit me. I got really excited and I got really into this match and I got really, I love all of these guys. Uh, They really need for some of the older, I don't want to say older, but I mean, just these are the ones, this is the group. This is going to be the core. I think of the next five to 10 years of WWE and my God, there's, there's hope. I don't know. I don't know if I would include Shinsuke in that and Rusev would be I would argue about that as well but certainly a lot of the guys in this in the ring here are the future stars of WWE without a doubt without a doubt we once did a a bonus episode we were talking about how high can they rise and Ricochet is already on a trajectory to go higher than I expected him to yeah so fantastic um, the sooner the, they split up him in black, uh, the better, in my opinion. Yeah. But uh, but they're I'm getting en- over I'm enjoying, as weird as it is. They're I'm getting over. The they're getting over, and uh, it's it's becoming something that's less and less weird to see them together. You know, it's probably just us getting used to it. But yeah, I don't know. It's I agree. I'd like them to be broken up at some point, but it's not as jarring as say Alistair's mute like sound effect when he rises up from the ground is. I really I, need I silent so killer. Much. Evil Alistair Black. I mean, just mean, evil, nasty, demonic, twisted Alistair Black. I well, someone really who is demonic that. and twisted is Randy Orton, and he ran out after the match and gave a massive RKO out of nowhere to Mustafa Ali, and then as Rusev was gloating about it, he took a stunner from Kevin Owens out of nowhere. Uh, was this the beginning of some feuds here? Or do you think this was just teasing the shakeup? Anyone can land anywhere. Any of these guys could be feuding. It's crazy. It's madness. It's all it's that, a, the superstar shakeup is hashtag out of okay. nowhere. <laughs> all right, that's that's kind of what I thought too. That's, yeah. I felt like it was just teasing the shakeup, not yep. saying, yeah, we're gonna have an Ali and and uh, Randy Orton feud, which I don't think would yeah, really. Shout out and props to Kevin Dunn and the camera crew for really getting honing in on the out of nowhere RKOs because you literally don't see it coming. It's fantastic and it's over in a second. I do. When I start getting too tight on guys after matches, I started to like (laughs) wait for it. Like they're really tight on Ali, right? Oh God, it's Randy Orton. Um, We also had a tag match. The Usos put their tag belts up against the Hardys. What? And then the Hardys won the titles. They're eight-time champions. Eight-time. God, uh, that's insane. Obviously, they deserve it, but this was crazy. I was not expecting the titles to change hands that quickly, especially after the Usos retained against three other teams at WrestleMania. Uh, Nor was I expecting Lars Sullivan to come out and decimate the Hardys after this match. So, yeah, Lars Sullivan, two for two. Don't hurt Uh, Matt Hardy, (laughs) please. God. Yeah, although Matt, look, I, hey, Matt look does look better in he his does. old Hardy's, Hardy's gear than he did in the uh, Woken gear. Whether that's the surgery or what it is, I don't know, but he looks great. Yeah. 
Uh, we also had Shane McMahon come out gloating about his WrestleMania win, and this whole bit was basically Shane being a heel. Hey, guess what, guys? I'm a heel. I beat Miz. Uh, I beat up Miz's dad, and let me beat up my ring announcer, Greg Hamilton, and thre- threaten him all the way up the ramp and, and scare the living daylights out of him. I hated this. This was dumb. It was really? probably kind of, That was probably the point, but I mean, I just... Don't wait. Stop wasting my time. Go, go shoe fly. I, I didn't just, mind this. I like this a lot. Right. You're still mad he won. Yeah, That's what it is. You're still mad he Son beat the Miz. Son of a bitch cost me WrestleMania. Yeah, I knew it. You're still mad at that. I loved this because I, I got it right. I would have smoked all- <laughs> your ass. <laughs> but you didn't. R-Truth and Carmella came out and had a little moment and then were interrupted by Samoa Joe who basically killed R-Truth and then said, I'll take on anybody, any superstar. I'll take you on. Well, that means you have to take on Braun Strowman, who came out and had a got some got physical with Samoa Joe. This was awesome. Couldn't quite get him up into the running power slam though. I, lo- I love Joe's that, a little though. big. Great, yeah, he tried. He had him. He was had him halfway up for a while. That looked, oh man, it was awesome. Hoss match, Nick. Yes, that's that's a hoss match. I'll watch. I could get on board with this. Hell yeah. I, I would love to see this feud post shakeup if it happens. If this wasn't just a tease, if it's a tease, uh, I'll, I will I will dream of what could have been. Yeah, and, and frankly, I think it's time you know run it for a while, maybe take it to the next pay per view, or maybe it's a build it to SummerSlam or something. But I could totally get on board. I mean, I think it's time they've been messing around with Braun Strowman a little bit too much, and it's it's made him a bit of a joke. And I think he. You know, short of Nicholas putting helping him win the tag team titles last year at WrestleMania, I think it's time to put a even if it's just a U.S. title victory. I think it's time to put a little strap on him. I would um, love to see if they revisited the Braun Strowman Roman Reigns uh, feud yeah. from like two years ago, but just put Joe in the Roman place and yes. had him as a heel, and it was just the whole thing was just two dudes brawling everywhere, destroying everything that they came across. Big feats of strength. Um, you know, Joe's got the 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 sleeper hold that he can put Braun to sleep, so he's dangerous to Braun. Braun is obviously big and strong. You can tip things over. That's dangerous to Joe. That could be a ton of fun and a bunch of great TV and reestablish what Braun should be and also show that Joe is a killer. Yep. So I could be, I'm totally down. I liked how he sat up on the top turnbuckle and then tried to get Braun in the sleeper just to be able to get up to as high as Braun great. is. Smart. Uh, just fantastic. Yeah. Smart stuff. We also had another celebration. The Iconics celebrated their double their their uh, WrestleMania win by facing off against a jobber team known as the Brooklyn Bells, Carissa and Kristen. They're forty five and zero. They're not a jobber yes. team. Yes, well they are now. <laughs> they are they are in WrestleMania. They're, they're, they're in WWE. They're zero one. So uh, Iconics beat the crap out of them and uh, celebrated how great they are. They're your new women's tag champions. Uh, and 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 deservedly so. By the way, if you have a chance, go on to uh, www.com because they have a video of them after they get their side plates on their belts going around and showing it off to everybody. And it is, it gave me life. It was absolutely, it's it's why I love the Iconics. They're just, they get it. So they Jared, get the business. Jared and I used to have these big conversations. Hi, Jared. Uh, arguments back and forth about Peyton Royce or Billy Kay, and which one's better? And then they ultimately in NXT teamed up, kind of teamed up, uh, and then they came up as the Iconics. And I was always a big fan of Billy Kay. I just think her mannerisms and her, you know, being animated all the time, and just watching her in this match, just she is a treasure. 
They they both are, frankly. Yeah, I, I actually are. love this tag team. I love that they have a name. They come out to an entrance. They bounce <laughs> off of each other. It's it's very they very. Hit, they cohesive. hit all of your points. They, they your are points. a tag team. Yeah. They're Healy. The the screaming and the squealing is a lot of fun. It, you know, it's this is what it should be. The, not the, Sasha and Bailey. Ladies and gentlemen, should I tell Nick that at one point these were both singles wrestlers? They got put together to form a tag team. Yeah, but. They, you notice they come out with the same name. I'm just saying. I'm and because it got done right. I'm just saying. Instead of individual tag, uh, wrestlers coming out as individuals to individual themes and doing tag matches, that's different. Okay. Hashtag my wrestling. Yeah. Uh, but no, the the real takeaway from this was after they beat up the the Brooklyn Bells, Paige was shown backstage watching the match, and she was interviewed, and she said that, oh yeah, the Iconics are great and everything, but I'm bringing a women's team next week to SmackDown to challenge them. Nick, who will this be? I don't know. <laughs> the only thing I can think is the reformation of Absolution with right. Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Which would be, I would be down with that. They're kind of directionless at this point. Sure, Paige managing the two of them as, a, yeah. as Fire and Ice or whatever their name, Desire and Fire or whatever it is. Close enough. <laughs> Dumbest name I've ever heard in my entire life. No, no, no. Boston Hug Connection. Still the worst. Okay, fair. You win. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Fire, I, that, fire that's and the desire. That, fire and desire actually works a lot better. Go ahead. Sure. That that's the only one that pops into my mind. Uh, if it's something new from NXT, maybe it's Kyrie Sane and, and submission Eosurai. sorority. Submission sorority. Sky Pirates. Sky Pirates. Okay. Yeah. No. I'm sorry. The submission sorority is just the other worst name I can think of. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, I thought you were going to say the Bushwhackers, but okay. Uh, Bushwhackers. That name always puts a smile on my face. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't get it when I was a kid. Now that I'm a grown up, I'm like Bush <laughs> Whack. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, no. Sky Pirates would be would be the obvious guess. Yeah. But uh, you know, it depends on what happens in NXT going forward. They're still kind of messing around the t- the title scene down there. So, well, depending on what we see on NXT TV over the next couple of weeks, nothing on nothing this week really told us anything. We you know, if the Sky Pirates do come up. Uh, it would make sense. They need more women in the in the tag division. They need another face tag team, and they would be you know obvious. I think instant hit. Yeah. But uh, and also you know English not their first language. They're not bad, but Paige being their their spokespiece would be I think a solid choice. Yeah. A uh, couple other quick things on SmackDown Live as we mentioned, Becky did get sucker punched again by Lacey Evans, and uh, that was a lot of fun. Again, we had a big old tussle. And uh, th- we mentioned the dark matches. Not only do we have Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, we had EC3 coming out to the ring, but he was being managed by Drake Maverick. Yes. Going back to the, getting, that, getting that TNA magic back together. Uh-huh. I like a lot. I like a lot. The only weird thing is why give EC... I mean, aside from how great they were together, you know, why... Give EC3 a, a spokesperson when he's really good at speaking. I like don't that's know. his that's his strength. He's a better speaker than he is a wrestler. I don't I don't get it. But I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. Notably uh, notably absent this week on WWE programming, Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey. Charlotte um, Flair uh, Charlotte Flair was on vacation. Uh, although I guess she and Almas didn't leave until after the show because Almas was on the show. But uh, they were both, you know, quote, nursing their loss. Ronda uh, actually has a genuine broken hand. How'd that happen? She genuinely broke her hand in the match. Damn. So, yeah, I don't know what, I don't know what point she did. I didn't find that out, but she did actually break her hand. So, 
might uh, might explain why she didn't go down so clean for the finish. Probably slapping that ref backstage for that shitty finish. Anyway, oh, oh, uh, actually, no. I was gonna say this. I was gonna say this for the news segment, but did you know that ref did get fined. He got fined for botching the finish. That's I don't even know what that means. Re- reported by Fightful.com it means that Vince said it was like you screwed up the finish of my biggest match of the year. Why not just fire? So you're gonna pull him out some of your face check uh, out of your paycheck. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's it for Raw you're and SmackDown. Door fired. fired. But we have a ton, a metric ton of more things to get to. NXT, we've got uh, WrestleMania weekend shows. We've got 205 Live, and we have listener questions coming up on the wide world of wrestling. Well, not only did we have WrestleMania this weekend, we had NXT, which means... We had a episode full of video packages this week yes, on the, the show. Yes, exactly. Uh, and a couple of the matches that were filmed at TakeOver in Brooklyn afterwards. Uh, you know, the, the big news coming out of it, honestly, is uh, Kushida. Uh, the video of him and William Regal and Triple H signing a contract. Kushida yes. is officially in the NXT. And, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, man. I, All the matchups I, I'm already imagining in my head. Dude, you see that <laughs> pop he got at TakeOver? They showed yes. him in the crowd. Like, you know, they obviously show their, their new uh, talents all the time uh, in TakeOver crowds. And, you know, depending on the, you know, everyone gets different levels of pop. Kushida's pop was huge. People were big for Kushida. The one thing is, I'm looking, you know, I see Kushida, and he's. From a character standpoint, he I feel like he's always been a little bit WWE because he basically, if you guys don't know who Kushida is, he basically thinks he's Marty McFly. His whole gimmick is Asian Marty McFly from Back to the Future. He dresses like him. You know, his finishes, all his wrestling moves are named after something to do with time. Um, but he's also one of the most technically gifted wrestlers in the world. But we've had technically gifted wrestlers who are massively charismatic come over from Japan before, and they haven't exactly translated very well. Uh, whether it's Nakamura or Hideo Itami or, uh, you know, the varying, like whatever you think about what's going on with Asuka right now, I would say she's still fine, but people are, are freaking out about it. I'm, I'm a little worried for Kushida. I'm a little worried for his gimmick getting over uh, and how, because it all depends on how they handle it. Yeah. You know, because. Or if it's even the same thing. Right, because he is, I would say, uh, you know, Atami is a very good wrestler, but he's mostly a striker. Kushida can fight literally any style. Yeah. He can do anything. The guy's amazing. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing what they have in mind for him. They, he has worked some house shows. On those shows, he's still in his, uh, he's, in, he's got his Marty McFly stuff on. So okay. apparently they're sticking with it. I'm not mad at it. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. As long as, as long as he doesn't have a kid come out with that creepy Kushida face on like he did at Wrestle Kingdom. That was, <laughs> that was terrifying. Uh, oh. My only question now is, how long until he's feuding with Cassius Ono? Oh, God. Yeah, give, me, right. give, me an over, give me an over-under. Uh, three weeks. Okay. I'm going to take the under on that. I say they start him out with Cassius Ono. Okay. <laughs> I say they started with Cassius Ono. You heard it here first. Uh, <laughs> so as you said, so other than that, yeah, this week's NXT show was a bunch of uh, the, the matches from the early part of TakeOver before all the stuff that we saw. We had uh, Candice LeRae defeating Aaliyah. Uh, we had Jackson Riker, or as I like to call him, uh, Jackson Mahal, defeating Danny Burch. Uh, we not had nice. Three- well, I mean, it's, I'm not wrong. He's, he's big. He's angry. He looks great, but has like three moves. They're all power moves. He loves to just sit in a rest hold. I don't see the difference. 
And uh, we had Street Profits defeating European Union. I'm just going to let you sit in your own pee. Because <laughs> it's, it's happening. You know it's happening. You know it's coming. No, it's not. Jackson Riker is going to... Mm. Yeah, okay. He's not, he's not going anywhere. Uh-uh. I promise. Uh, he will be a flash in the pan at best. Fine. Great look. That's about it. But uh, so all these three, all three of these matches were kind of short. They were fine. My only question is, uh, what of these are turning into feuds, and what of these are just kind of one-offs? I think Candice LeRae has more to do with Aaliyah and Vanessa Bourne. That felt like the beginning of something. Um, Jackson Riker and Danny Birch. You had uh, Oni Lorkin was ringside for this match as well as the Forgotten Sons, and there was a brawl afterwards. Uh, I guess Oni Lorkin's not all the way up in the cruiserweight division yet. He's not up in two hundred five entirely just yet so maybe we could see a, a feud going forward forgotten sons and Britam brawlers or whatever they're called the well, i mean we had a we had a segment with drake maverick and oni lorkin on 205 which we'll talk about in a little bit later but it, that felt like to, this week felt like the moment that oni lorkin's officially on 205 live so well, maybe like maybe going be. forward yeah uh, the question is like is he on both brands that'd be cool i'm not sure. mad at only splitting brands he's great so uh, we also had some promos this week. Shayna is saying no one can touch her, no one can beat her for this belt, and I don't. I can't think of anyone who can either. Frankly, at this point, everyone's had a shot except for maybe Io Shirai, but I don't feel like she's on that level yet. And as we said earlier, she might be going up north for the uh, uh, Sky Pirates tag team. Yeah. Uh, Pete Dunn since he wants a rematch against Walter. I I just took this as being their way of saying, "Hey, watch NXT UK. You'll see more of this." Um, and then we had a bit with the Undisputed Era where Adam Cole was beside himself and so mad that he lost his biggest match ever to Johnny Gargano, and he's blaming Roderick Strong. Mm. The cracks are showing in Undisputed Era. Does this lead to the UE splitting up, or is this their story for the year? Is this like their long-term story they're doing the Undisputed Era, how they have to break apart to come back together and Roderick win all Stra- that, get, come dra- Ro- draped in gold? Roderick Strong would never be part of Undisputed Era had Bobby Fish not got injured. Let's be clear about that. Absolutely, and it's the best um, thing that ever happened to him. And now that Bobby Fish, yeah, now that Bobby Fish is back, we're probably going to go back to babyface Roderick Strong crying about how he was brought up in a trailer park, and now Adam Cole has kicked him out of Undisputed Era, and it woe is poor, poor Roderick Strong, Roboderick Strong. Oh, remember all that stuff from a year ago, guys? You're, you're so mean. You're, you're Roderick Strong is amazing. Oh, he's he's going to be back to that. We'll see. We'll yep. see. I think. I think this is. I think they're teasing a breakup just to show. Like they have to bring them. They have to break them down before they build them back up. So I see that's sure. what's happening. And at this point, they're they're they've lost so many people in NXT. I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the year, Gargano was gone and Undisputed Era was face. I and, wouldn't be surprised if Strong got uh, another NXT Championship opportunity because if Adam mm. Cole is going to be circling around the North American Championship, um, potentially. I don't know. One of the two. I think Roderick Strong and Adam Cole. I don't know if they have feuds with each other, but I, uh, I could see one of the one of them going either way, North American and NXT Championship. And if Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish end up with the tag titles again, there's yeah. your draped in gold scenario. Holy Booyah. smokes! Oh yeah. Well, speaking of North American champion, Velveteen Dream also had a little moment where he was backstage at WrestleMania. Bo- uh, Buddy Murphy walked by him after just losing the cruiserweight championship, and Velveteen Dream talked smack to him. Velveteen Dream versus Buddy Murphy. You can pour that syrup on my pancakes. Yes. Yes, please. Yes, please. Let me have some of that. I'm all right with that. I would love to see that happen, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks. So, fingers crossed. Uh, So, that's it for NXT. 205 Live was also a little bit uh, lesser this week. Not surprising just how much that was going on. We had uh, Umberto Carrillo, which is the ongoing thing. Yeah. Oh, my God. 
You have okay. Hang dude, on, dude. I'm, dude. I'm, I am more dude. haggard than Michael Cole's voice on Monday Night Raw. All right, I. It's been a week, dude. Well, let's. I want to talk about that Nice Buddy Murphy match when we get there. But yeah, yeah, they had a rematch. Lackluster. Okay, they had a rematch. Well, I mean, it was no. That match was great. That was the match wrong. we should have gotten on WrestleMania. <laughs> You're not wrong, but that's which is weird because the same thing happened with Cedric Alexander and uh, Mustafa Ali, where their WrestleMania match was a little bit lackluster, but then some of their other matches were way better. Anyway, I again, I'm not saying that 205 Live was. It just it seemed like it didn't have as much going on as it normally does. No, not because was, they gave they gave they gave Neeson Murphy like 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. Touche. And it was Touché. amazing. It was. I, but also, I like what they're doing now, the uh, Umberto Carrillo story, where he's he, he won a match via DQ, uh, um, but then Gulak starts stomping him down, and Jack Gallagher steps in and saves him. So Jack Gallagher might be, might be going face. I, I dig that. So now Gulak's all alone again. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with this. I'm liking the dynamics that are going on here. It's, it's making every guy interesting. So, yeah, I like that. But, yeah, as you said, most of the show was uh, Nice versus Murphy Part 2. I, I don't know why they had, like, we were supposed to have the rematch clause go bye-bye, but yet this week both the Revival and uh, Buddy Murphy both had rematches. Like, auto all rematches. the titles were defended this week. I don't, some, I don't know, rematches. But, fine, I mean, like, auto I mean, rematches, auto rematches, which yeah, we were, so for, we were In my opinion, this is, this is what the WrestleMania match should have been. And in a weird way, so you, you mentioned they did this with Cedric as well. So, this is... To me, this is, it's not an FU, but it's kind of like a, no, this is what we really meant. Sorry about that silly right. pre-show 15-minute bullshit exhibition yeah. that you saw. Well, and I wonder if it has something to do, as you said, they give him a lot more time, but I wonder if it was the same booker or the same producer for the segment because I, I would imagine that they would be uh, given a lot more leeway on 205 Live. Yeah. But if that's the case, like, I mean, I, I, I would be very curious to know who the producers were for both segments, for both for both matches, uh, and what the thought was with kind of... I mean, their, their WrestleMania match was fine. It was good. I thought it was, it was very good. Yeah, it was Just very this, good. This was exponentially better, as you said. Yeah, big time. Uh, the only other thing to really note about the show this week was uh, Oni Lorcan, as you said, showed up, and it uh, looks like Oni Lorcan and Cedric Alexander are going to be having a match next week. Not mad at that. Not mad at that at all. Give me some of that as well. So 205 Live trundling on. Nick, we're at the point in the show where I want to run down a whole bunch of the other shows that went on in WrestleMania weekend. And this is going to be... Everybody's I'm got bracing. their notepads out, right? I'm bracing. Go, I'm bracing. Make, make, make sure you make notes of what to go watch here because we basically condensed down 27,000 different wrestling promotions across five days into about <laughs> five about to ten, ten minutes here. Ten of minute, what ten you minutes really of need to stuff. go see and watch. Yeah. Well, there's also uh, there's cheat news. Sheet for you. Yeah, it is a cheat. There's I, so basically, I got some of the bigger ones, like the news about what happened at them, but then a couple of smaller ones, like matches worth going to check out. Yeah. For example, the the G1 special is like the, that was the third biggest show of the weekend. The <sighs> Ring of Honor New Japan G1 special from Madison Square Garden, very historic, the first wrestling pr- promotion to be at the Garden besides WWE. Uh and either ever or in a long, long time. Um, so, but there was, they had some absolutely huge matches. They had a massive amount of titles change hands on both brands. And 
some serious controversy as well. So I want to I want to dive into that. The first thing, like one note, I want to make the great dude, great Muda showed up in the battle royale. What? Great Muda showed up. Like he got he got cheered through the ceiling. People freaked out. The great Muda. The thing about this battle royale that was weird is it was all up at the Ring of Honor, like low and middle carters, and then it was like a whole bunch of main eventers from New Japan. You know, like Suzuki and Ishii were both in this. Like it was crazy. And then Great Muda shows up. So full uh, disclosure, also, I haven't watched the whole show. I've picked out some match choice matches, and I'll comment on those. But yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. Holy shit! Yeah, so <laughs> worth worth checking out the battle royale. Uh, Kenny King did win that though. We also had uh, Jeff Cobb versus Will Ospreay. We talked about this. It was going to be the winner takes all Ring of Honor TV title versus the never open weight belt from New Japan. And I was shocked that Jeff Cobb won this. This was a fantastic match. And it would honestly have been the match of any other show if it weren't for the, like the top three matches of the show, right. which were just lights out. Um, but this is awesome. Jeff Cobb. Jeff Cobb is now your yes. Ring of Honor TV and never open weight champion. It's his first. Is his first New Japan title. Well, he gets so, the bumper this week on this week. Yeah, he's absolutely going to get the bumper. Oh boy, Jeff Cobb, not knowing where the hell he is. Triple, triple <laughs> tree, mania, tree, tree, triple, whatever it is. I am. I don't know where I am, but I just want two titles. I'm Jeff Cobb, and I smell delicious. Uh, we also had Rush squashing Dalton Castle, who seemed like he turned heel and beat up his boys. Uh, that's that's a bit of a twist. We had uh, Kelly Klein win the yes. wi- the Women of Honor title from Mayu Iwatani. Why are you saying yes? This was terrible. Kelly is nowhere near on Mayu's level. I, I, I was like not. Kelly Klein. I was not happy about this at all. All right, fine. Um, I also wasn't really happy with the New York Street fight, which was Flip Gordon, Mark Haskins, and Juice Robinson beating Bully Ray, Shane Teller, and Silas Young. I thought it was a waste of talent and of time. Um, yeah. And uh, Dragon Lee beat Taiji Ishimori and Bandito and won the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Belt. Wow. Uh-huh. And, was, and this was another one, like dudes flying everywhere. This was a, this was a great match. Like this, people's feet didn't hit the mat for like tw- 10 consecutive seconds at one point. Nope. It, they, they were just all over the place. And, it, and Bandito is one of those that if you've never seen Bandito in a match, he's one to look out for. Yeah. That dude is absolutely nuts. I love people that are like, uh, I have never seen this ricochet guy before. He's a <laughs> bit of a stunt man. I'm like, yo, dude, do you ever watch Lucha? Yeah. <laughs> like that's what these guys do that, that uh, you know ricochet was in the uh junior heavyweight division over in new japan he was like all these dudes it's just it's yep. all these guys are like that <laughs> so it's crazy this was a great match the fact that dragon lee picked up the belt and pinned bandito but not taiji ishimori who is the new japan member here made me interested maybe we'll see a, a few to dragon lee and taiji ishimori maybe maybe we'll finally get some more daryl back you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying, but uh, if uh, Takahashi showed up down the road to avenge his neck getting broken by Dragon Lee, I wouldn't be mad. We also had Gorillas of Destiny defeating PCO and uh, Brody Lee, uh, Los Ingobernables, and the Briscoes to win both the IWGP and Ring of Honor tag team belts. Now, here's where, the con- here's where the controversy kicks in. They won. Gorillas of Destiny won. Then they left. As they were leaving... Frickin' Enzo and Big Cass jumped the guardrail and started attacking the Briscoes. And everyone at the time, for at least a little bit afterward, thought it was a shoot because obviously Enzo is known for, you know, showing up at shows and doing things. But the fact that they were A, together, B, security didn't come down and get them, and C, when they were escorted off, it was they were escorted off in a very, like, wrestler-like way. Everyone kind of realized, oh, wait, this is a work. Enzo and Cass to Art Ring of Honor. Damn. And... um 
Yeah, pretty much everybody who's ever liked Ring of Honor is mad about this. <laughs> like, they're like, what are, what are you doing? My favorite reaction was uh, Tamatonga afterwards when he was getting the press conference. He comes in. He has the Ring of Honor belt. He just hucks it across the room. He goes, you see that shit? You see that shit? That's some Ring of Honor booking bullshit. Like, just buries Ring of Honor immediately upon getting to the back. Like, oh, my God. Loved it. Loved it. Tamatonga, you are indeed the good guy. Yes. Love it. <laughs> um, anyway, so we'll see what happens with Enzo and Cass. Good Lord. Poor Ring of Honor. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. retained his British heavyweight title against Tanahashi, which is a big deal. Yep. Um, unfortunately, Tanahashi looked like he was injured in the match, but we'll talk about that later. Okay. Uh, Kota Ibushi defeated oh. Naito. To Again? win the Intercontinental title. Kota Ibushi, your new Intercontinental Championship holder in New Japan. I mean, these two guys, the past, they've had like three straight matches with each other um, yeah. throughout the, the G1, uh, the Supercard, or I'm sorry, the New Japan Cup. New Japan Cup, and, yeah. And then here, uh, just good Lord, man. These, I don't Absolutely. know if it's chemistry. I don't know what it is with these two guys, but God damn, they can put on a match. Yeah, it's unreal. I, I can good tell you what was Lord. better. This one or their... Or their uh, their New Japan Cup one, both were um, unbelievable. Yeah, it's so good. Um, definitely one of the matches to watch. This like top three matches this weekend. Yeah, and one of the other ones is in this show as well. It is not, however, the ladder match between Matt Taven, uh, Taven, excuse me, Jay Lethal and Marty Skrull. Although it was a decent match, it was fine just compared to some. Basically, Ring of Honor's matches kind of sucked, and New Japan's matches were next level. Was yeah. basically the, how the show went. New Japan um, came to Madison Square Garden and put on a clinic. They, Ring of Honor showed up and went like, hey, "Look at us, we're wrestling. Uh, we're, Ring, we're Ring of Honor. We we like wrestle." <laughs> but uh, what was strange about this? Matt Taven beat Jay Lethal and Marty Scurll. Mar- Matt Taven is your new Ring of Honor heavyweight champion, and uh, nobody's happy about that. Yep. Both both Jay Lethal and Marty Scurll are bigger stars, bigger draws. Everyone's like, "What are what are you doing?" The only thing I can think of, and we said this a while ago, is if uh, if Marty Scurll doesn't win it here, <clears throat> Marty Scurll to AEW, Marty Scurll to AEW, heard it here like, well, not first, probably like, like three four months ago. <laughs> yeah, it was about his contract not being up and he couldn't go yet, but and he was getting his title opportunity. Well. He just dropped the he just, title. He just, he just <laughs> his, his contract is up. He didn't get the title. So, yeah, expect him to be leaving Ring of Honor soon. And that's bad for Ring of Honor because that's one of their biggest stars. Jay uh, Lethal's about all they're holding on to right now. And nope, they I got, don't know. They got Big Cass and Enzo now. Oh, yeah. I forgot Lucky about them. It. All right. Yeah. Well, then, the, then I, and again, it's Naito and Ibushi or Okada and Jay White for match of the night. Okada and Jay White was. <sighs> ridiculous this this was hard to watch too ridiculous how was it hard to watch um i'm not ready for okada to be champion again <laughs> one two you i just, love that you're such a jay white mark it's fantastic two well i'm not i'm more not an okada mark he's a fantastic Ooh. wrestler he's an he's a fantastic personality i'm not an okada mark you wow. heard it here you heard it here full Nick. disclosure uh, anyway Oh. Uh, they just strapped Jay White. It was a big freaking deal. Yeah. And uh, you just took it off of him two months later. Like, w- okay. I thought he was about these long reigns in New Japan. I, I don't know. I've, I don't know. I'm confused. I, why is uh, Okada had this year of like downturn and now all of a sudden he's champion again? Great. So another two years of Okada? What are we? Maybe. Uh, okay. 
Maybe. Uh, I, mean, it's, it's, it's I don't know fifth, if I can sign up for that. It's like his that fifth was, reign. That well, was then, a haul. <laughs> and it was, it's weird. I agree. It's weird to take it off of Jay White because Gato was just promising a new era. Yeah, right? right. And all of a sudden, the era's over. <laughs> you know, and again, we, we speculated that Tanahashi was going to keep it through to the end of the Heisei uh, em, Empire era. Excuse me. Wow. Um, but uh, apparently now they do want to have it on Okada heading into the new era, which makes sense to me. I thought it was bizarre that they were going to have it on Jay White. A gaijin uh, going into the new era. So, um, yeah, now it's just a question of okay, Okada's got it back. Um, uh, what what happens now? Like he's he's off of being crazy Okada. He's found himself again, and uh, he beat his demons and you know avenged his, himself on Jay White and Gato. What now? I mean, we're so heading into we're I mean, heading we're, into the rest of the year. We still got we've got wrestling Dontaku coming up. We've got Dominion. We've got the G One. There's all kinds of stuff we're heading about to head into. Yeah, I was going to say, other than Dominion and Dontaku, is there anything else going on before we get to the G One uh, no, here in a it. few months? Well, the, the the junior heavyweight, but that's um, oh, yeah, the heavyweights. That's not the, so I mean, is we're we're at a point. It's April now. Okada is going to carry the um, IWGP Championship into the G1 special yeah, again. Yeah, un- unless he loses it to Sonata at Wrestling Dontaku. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry, Sonata. <laughs> you're great. You're just you're not winning that belt at Wrestling Dontaku. Sorry. Um, watch him win it now, and I'll have to eat my words. Yeah. So, yeah, so the, the, overall, I would say that definitely some cherry picks and match, matches from this show. It was a very solid show, but crazily enough, Takeover way better, yeah. You know, and WrestleMania. If it weren't for the length, if you cherry picked out some WrestleMania stuff, I would say WrestleMania would be about as good as this. Yeah, uh, just on the on the level. But some of these matches here were the best matches of the weekend, hands down. That being said, we also had some great matches over in Josh Barnett's Bloodsport. Our boy Josh Barnett killing it. Uh, this was probably my second favorite uh, non WWE uh, event of the weekend. This was awesome because it's basically they made it everything look like it was a shoot fight. It was a whole bunch of MMA style wrestling, um, and it was fantastic. You had Davy Boy Smith Jr. fight Killer Cross, and that was just that just felt brutal. And it was a great match. Uh, Masashi Takeda and Jonathan Gresham and it had a great match. Weirdly enough, Frank Mir and Dan Severn had a terrible match. I didn't. I thought that was absolutely it was it was short. It was they didn't. I, I felt like they didn't know how to transition into kind of the. The wrestling, the pro wrestling from the shoot fighting, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it does. Um, but then the main event was Josh Barnett himself versus Minoru Suzuki. And this was awesome. This was They went to 20-minute time limit, um, beat the crap out of each other. Lots of submissions, lots of beating each other up. Uh, huge strike fest at the end. And then 20 minutes, and they, they hadn't got a winner, so they looked at each other, and they're like, start the clock. We're going again. They added five minutes to the clock. And they still couldn't finish each other off. Wow. Time limit draw, 25 minutes, and then they were just shaking each other's hands and bowing and lots of super lots of respect afterwards. Fight it forever. Was, it was. It felt like a fight forever match. It was beautiful. I yeah. loved it. I loved it. So, yeah. Definitely, definitely one check. of the high points of the weekend if you haven't seen that match. Yeah, check it out. I believe it's on Fight TV. Yep. Uh, Joey Which, They have a great app for uh, Apple TV or Roku if you haven't checked out Fight TV. It's fantastic. And uh, Amazon as well, I believe. Yep. Yep. Um, Joey Janela's Spring Break happens every year. It was a three-night event, uh, and I'll try and condense it down. You had LAX beating the original Rock and Roll Express, <laughs> but then just like they prostrated themselves in front of them afterwards. It was a really cool moment, um, and you know, basically said, "You guys are 
the inspirations for what we do. Very cool. Jungle Boy had a big weekend. He uh, he beat Joey Janela himself at this event. Um, so did Marco Stunt, actually. So both of them are back. Jungle Boy, obviously, done, done mourning his father. And Marco's back from injury. And Joey Janela has his knees back, which is nice to see. Right. Um, and then in the main event, L.A. Park and Masato Tanaka. Now, if you don't remember Masato Tanaka from the ECW days, he's basically taken some of the most brutal chair shots you'll ever see in your entire life. And if you don't remember the WCW days, La Parca was the chairman of the WCW. He always carried around a chair. I think you can see where we're going here. Um, that being said, there was only like a one or two chair shots in this match, which was kind of weird. But it was a hardcore match, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Tanaka did get put through a door that was propped up on the, ring, on the ropes. Uh, it's in Ow. La Park. La Park wins, uh, but it was good fun. Masato Tanaka, dude, he still looks great. He looks as good as he ever looked. It's ridiculous. <laughs> that dude is he's timeless. And considering what the the damage he's put his body through, I cannot believe he looks as good as he does. Mm. Uh, also, the battle royale, as always, was an absolute complete cluster. Just go watch it. It's a ton of fun. It's insanity, absolute insanity. Just what a battle royale should be. Um, speaking of Joey's, Joey Ryan. Ah, Joey, Joey, Joey. Joey had uh, Joey Ryan's penis party. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Hang on, I got to I gotta let my inner 12-year-old out. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, yeah. let him out, because there's, there's going to be plenty of chuckle moments here. Yes. So, you know Johnny Morrison, a.k.a. Johnny Impact, a.k.a. Uh, Johnny Mundo, a.k.a. Johnny Blackcraft. Well, he was there at this event as Johnny Penis. Of course he was. Of course he was. <laughs> and uh, he and Ty, his real-life wife, Taya Valkyrie, had a match with the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix, and they won. It was a, f- a lot of fun, very silly. And, uh, of course, you can't have a penis party without Val Venus. Hello, he was, he, ladies. He was back. He was in the main event. Looked nothing like himself. He's like half the weight he used to be. He used to be jacked. Yeah, now he's, he's a like, big dude. Now I could bench press him. Um. That was one I, of my favorite wrestlers during the Attitude Era, by the way. Just you know, perso- personalities and gimmicks and everything like that. Like yeah. I always, I always tripped out and popped for for Val Venus coming out. I I still do too. I mean, I I still have fond memories of him because he was kind of more than just his porn star gimmick, and even that was kind of they, it was fun what they did with it. Even though it yeah. was it was kind of like that's that's why it was great that he was here. He was kind of like Joey Ryan before Joey Ryan. Yeah. A little bit, right? The only difference is now he's an old man who you know believes in conspiracy theories and commits mail fraud. But that's a whole different story. Wait, Jesse Ventura? Um, no, Val Venus. He makes, oh, okay. He makes Jesse Ventura look normal. Oh, um, he's also yeah, he and Bo pu- Dallas should hang out. Yeah, he's also never been in public office. But um, <laughs> yeah, so the main event, I mm, we don't have enough time for you to describe this. You just ha- kind of have to go watch it. There was just there was penises and tampons. Everywhere, oh, people were grabbing each other with their vaginas and their penises and flipping, and, and it was it was Joey Ryan's penis party. Uh, yeah. some, somewhere, Jim Cornette got cancer from this show. I'll put it that way. <laughs> like, this show gave Jim Cornette cancer. It's, that means I have to go watch it now. You have to. It's the most insane thing. Remember that moment at, at uh, All In when the penis druids came out? Yes. Imagine just two hours of that. Oh, fantastic. I'm so, so in. I can't wait. Yeah. Did Tessa Blanchard end up showing up and doing a, a vagina flip? Uh, that was not at this show. That was on Impact, I believe. Okay. I'll okay. Go check there was notes. some Instagram post about that, and I thought it was a teaser for his penis party. Um, 
Yes, I I don't think it was the penis party. I'll have to double check. Okay, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it was not the penis party, but some at some point they met up. Um, <laughs> this feels so. We're a professional broadcast <laughs> podcast <laughs> talking about uh, the art Joey. of professional wrestling. Joey, Joey, Joey. <laughs> Thanks, Joey. Joey, if I wasn't we love friends you, man. With, if I wasn't friends with your lawyer, I would I would I don't know what I'd do. Um, <laughs> so WrestleCon, uh, U.S. versus the world. The the main match there was Brian Cage versus Masato Tanaka. Again. Uh, worth worth a look. Big big hoss man versus big hoss man. Yes. Very cool. Also at the WrestleCon Super Show, you had Will Ospreay versus Bandito. Mm. Um, usually I would be like, this could probably be the match of the weekend. It felt like they were saving their like a game for other shows. I'll okay. be honest. It was really good. It was really, obviously we just talked up bandito, but it was really good, but you know, so it's worth a watch. If you get us, if you come across it, check it out, but it's not like stop what you're doing, drop everything, go watch it. Uh, WXW, they br- they came over from Germany with, uh, America East wunderbar, their German show. Uh, the big, <laughs> the big That's match an here awesome was name. I, it, isn't it great? I, it's like fantastic. the German version of America. <laughs> yeah, America is America wunderbar. Ah, oh, we love you so much. Thank you so much for having us. Uh, David Starr tapped out to Lucky Kid, who just won the WXW tournament, the the sixteen carat solid gold tournament. Uh, Lucky Kid is their new rising star, so it didn't make. It made sense that David Starr would do that. He's also apparently mad at WXW for working so closely with the WWE. Uh, you probably have heard us talking about David Starr and the fact that he ran down Ring of Honor and Israel and all kinds of... Oh, he didn't run down Israel. It was Ring of Honor and um, WWE on, on uh, his Twitter and then was forced to take it down. He's basically doing, I think, kind of like uh, what Sami Zayn is doing or what, what Daniel Bryan's doing, but way edgier. You know what I mean? But he's yeah. got to be careful before he goes into to Austin Aries territory. So he he ran down everything. He went off on WWE, the healthcare and wrestling. Um, he's still obsessed with beating Walter. So apparently he's going to have another match with Walter. But he's but he's quitting uh, WXW. I don't know. He was all over the place. So weird stuff there. Evolve, which as you know is kind of like these days, it's kind of like a feeder for NXT or like a second NXT. Uh, you had a couple of guys there from NXT. Angelo Dawkins from the Street Profits yep. lost to the WWN champ J.D. Drake after he beat Colby Carino and was challenged. You had Montez Ford, also from the Street Profits, beating Shane Strickland. Ooh. Kill shot. Yep. They had a great match. And then uh, Austin Theory had a match with Kyle O'Reilly, but he retained his Evolve title. So... Lots of NXT guys now working Evolve. It's, it's great. It's giving them some, some experience and some exposure. And it's also, I think, what they're doing a lot more like storyline for the guys over there that's not happening in NXT. So I'm curious where they're going with that. I would have. I know he can't technically or legally, but I would have. I would have loved to have seen Kyle O'Reilly in the um, uh, in the Barnett's promotion, the Bloodsport promotion. Yeah. Oh man, he would be just, great. Just doing that. some shoot fighting with his jujitsu background and everything. I, I would really love to see Kyle O'Reilly do some of that stuff. I never got a chance to see it before. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, last year it wasn't Josh Barnett's blood sport. It was Matt Riddle's blood sport. True. So True. The, you know, and the, the second that Kyle O'Reilly and Matt Riddle lock up, you will Woo. see a very, a very happy Sir Ian Dangerous. Keep your eyes out for that. Also, keep your eyes out for Rev Pro on Friday. They had a show uh, with. Minoru Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. facing off against Tanahashi and Osprey. Suzuki and Sabre did well. They're the tag champs. Suzuki and Sabre, right? Uh, okay. So and they retained, which was awesome. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii had a match with the aforementioned David Starr and beat the holy piss out of him. 
Um, and but the problem was this this show, as I said, it was on Friday, and so if you watch it, you pretty much have until Ishii and David Starr, and then the audience just checks out. They're done. So by the time we got to to Aussie Open versus Show and Yo Rapongi 3K from New Japan, everyone was just like, whatever. We don't care. We we wish we were at Takeover. <laughs> this is basically how it went down. So, and then oh, well. just finally, uh, MLW's Battle Riot 2 was a lot of fun, beautifully shot. Tom Lawler defeated Jimmy Havoc in a death match that was just nasty. Thankfully, no pizza cutters this time, oh. but it was nasty. And then LA Park won the 40 man Battle Royal, which means that he gets a title shot, the MLW title. LA Park having a huge re- career reconsur- uh, huge career resurgence lately. Oh. Did you say uh, reconsurgence? Uh, man, I'm, I'm getting Sasha Banks over here, man. <laughs> That's a lot of information to push out. No kidding. Do you guys got not, all of that, right? I'm not done yet. You're re- oh, what, done. what? One more little thing. NWA is having its Crockett Cup coming up, uh, which is a little tournament, tag team tournament. So we've got in block A, the Briscoes versus the Rock and Roll Express and Satoshi Kojima and Yuji Nagata versus PCO and Brody King. So that's two great matches right there. Um, and then in block B, you have Flip Gordon and Bandito versus Stuka Jr. and Guerrero Maya Jr. And Holy then shit, also, ja- yeah, Jack Stane and Crimson versus the winners of a wild card battle royal that will take place earlier in the evening of that show. When is this? Because I want to watch this. Um, it's starting next week, and then the final show, uh, the finals will be on April 27th. Also on April 27th, you'll have Willie Mack defending his uh, national championship against Colt Cabana. Boom, boom. You- boom, boom. Bionic Elbow Jazz will be defending her women's championship versus Sienna and Nick Aldis versus Marty Skrull for the NWA heavyweight belt. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm watching that. (laughs) That's why I I wanted to sneak that in there. One more thing. NWA, they're they're coming and going, but man, they are putting they're doing some good stuff. So I'm very excited to see what what young Master Corgan has for us planned at the Crockett Cup this year. Holy smokes, we got through the whole show in like an hour and a half. Normally, we're at like the 150 mark by now. Good job to us. Way to go, which means we've got a lot more time to spend on our patron listener questions. Guys, these are questions that our patrons send in every single week because they are patrons of our show. If you'd like to get in on this, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. you got to be in that at least a $5 tier, but we will put your questions on the show every single week and answer them here on the show. Uh, First one, uh, Ian comes in from Ed. If one person from Raw and SmackDown could be swapped, who would you bring to each brand and why? Ooh, that's a tough one. I think I actually saw one this week, and that's the one I'm going to go with. All right, well, you start it then. You already have it in your head. Braun Strowman to SmackDown uh, for Samoa Joe for the U.S. title. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not mad at that. The other one I'm going to save for my fantasy booking on the bonus episode because it was actually part of my plan, and they... they, they, What are you doing? Because they listen, and they know what Nick (laughs) thinks. (laughs) <laughs> they they already know what I'm going to say on a bonus episode that doesn't exist yet, and they did it this week on Tuesday, and I was very upset about it. Really? That really? Sen- sending someone from SmackDown right, to Raw? So, yeah, so I will spoil it for you. As part of the Superstar Shakeup, part of my fantasy booking was we, we have been talking about Roman Reigns uh, and Drew McIntyre eventually locking up, or maybe even a Braun Strowman, for the Universal title over on Raw. One of my crazy speculations, and I'm probably still going to stick to it, 
was that Drew McIntyre comes over to SmackDown to challenge, be the one to challenge and take the WWE Championship off of Kofi Kingston. Okay, so you're saying Samoa Joe to Raw? No, no, no I'm Drew saying McIntyre, so, Drew no, McIntyre to SmackDown. Either way, no, I'm I'm saying the one that you I get would pick, one each, Nick. He gave you one each. The question oh, was very specific. Sure, you get one person from each brand going to the other brand. Samoa stick Joe. The, stick to the question. Samoa Joe goes to Raw, and Braun Strowman and Samoa Joe have a feud for the U.S. title. Okay. Drew McIntyre to SmackDown to challenge Kofi Kingston uh, for the WWE Championship. Nice. I like it. I like it. Um, I would actually see I, this. Is, this is kind of cool. This question is turning into a preview of our of our uh, bonus episode entitled. Now hold on a second. What are, what are we calling? What are we calling again? Hear me Get out. It, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Finn Balor to SmackDown. Hear me out. Hear me out. First of all, it's a it's a smaller man's world over there, so he won't yep. be so outsized. And every other member of the Bullet Club is over there. They've teased reuniting the Bullet Club a few times before. Uh, having all four of those guys form a faction would give me all of the tingles. Or if they had something where AJ and Finn, one of them went heel, maybe Finn. Prince Devitt returns. Yeah, and we had some sort of feud <laughs> going on there. I would, I would erupt internally if if we got face painted Prince Devitt That's every single week. Better uh, than erupting externally, I, su- uh, I suppose. Sure. Oh well, the, what the great thing is is if Finn and Braun turn at the same time. You can have Finn coming out on Braun's shoulders the way he used to come out on Bad Luck Valet's shoulders. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm I'm living in a nostalgic past here. And if I am, you can tell me I am. But damn it, tell me that wouldn't be cool. Hear me out. (laughs) Hear me out. It'd be cool. That could be part of your thing. All right, thanks, Ed. Great great Um, question. Well, I didn't say say who was going from uh, SmackDown to Raw, but okay. Oh, go go for it. Go for it. (laughs) If you've got one, go for it. That's okay. Uh, I would. I would actually see. It's tough because I don't want anyone to leave SmackDown because as soon as they leave SmackDown, Raw misuses them. Unless, uh, yeah, it's just pretty much across the board. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, everyone who's gone to, to Raw, it's been like I, I felt bad for. Um, I think the only person I, w- I could think to send to Raw just to try and jumpstart them uh, would be Nakamura. Split him with Rusev and send him to Raw and just try to get him going. But uh, even then, I don't know. Maybe that's not what he wants to do. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. All right. Well, thanks, Ed, for the question. That was a really good one. Um, Andy, next up, had a question. With the new season, air quotes, of WWE starting, is now the time to let Triple H start running things? And when he does, what are <laughs> six changes he can make to improve Raw? Well, I don't know if we have time for six changes. Yeah. So, Ian, well, you, let's, take, let's, you, take, you take three, I'll take three. Okay. Uh, well, shit. I got to think about that's a bonus episode. Well, no, it's, it, actually, it is. It would be that's a, a good, really good question. It's Andy. a really good question. It would be a good bonus episode. We'll we'll do really quick, really quick ones. We won't get into too much details. But um, it, first of all, I'll answer his first question: Is now the time to, to let Triple H start running things? The time to let Triple H start running things was years ago. Yeah. The problem is, will it happen? No, it won't happen until Vince is dead. Period. Hard stop. Um. He might let some of the reins go when he gets busy with the XFL in the fall, um, but this is still his baby. He is still the be-all, end-all overseer of all of the storylines. Being the head writer there is just a formality. Um, Vince oversees everything. So if Vince doesn't like it, it doesn't go. If he does he like it, has, it goes. He still, he still has 80% of the stock, too. So, I mean, it's mm. it's his company, guys. It's, he it's, can do whatever the hell he wants. Yeah, so 
Uh, that being said, let's let's speculate. If Triple H were to take over tomorrow, uh, what are six things he'd do? I'll take three. First things first, fire Kevin Dunn. Second things second, fire Michael Cole. Third things third, uh, I would say let the let the superstars have more leeway with their promos. Don't script them quite so tightly. Give them bullet points and let them riff the way that they used to back in the day. Boom, right. boom, boom. Here's my three. Uh, legitimize the tag team division on Raw. Yes. Uh, or or, in, gen- or in, general. In, general, in general. In general. In general. NXT, NXT, NXT it. Sure. And it goes into my second point of long-term storytelling. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and it kind of goes back to yours about, um, and my third point of allow stars and reward them when they get over on their own. And I think that's part of it. It's all kind of one thing, that second and third bullet. Um, and going back to yours of, uh, you know, let's let them get over on their own. And when they do reward them and run with it, play the um, hot cards. Don't let, yeah. don't let hot cards go because you're petty. You know what or I mean? Or it, or you, yeah. Or you didn't do it. So you're not going to push it. Right. Yeah. Look what just happened with Kofi and look how amazing it is in two yeah. months, yep. two months that all happened in. Yeah. Uh, just cause they they sat back and let the train ride. You know, and so. last year, Becky got super hot immediately, like out yeah. of nowhere. And to be and, fair. And then you have Road Dog on friggin' Twitter saying, no, no, guys, she's a yeah. heel. Yeah, well, and they resisted for a little bit, but they ended up, to their credit, going with it. They had no so, choice. <laughs> well, they did have a choice. Ask Rusev. You know what I mean? Ask Zack Ryder. They absolutely had a choice. So, yeah. No, they, and, and thankfully, they made the right choice. Yeah. They, they weren't bullheaded about it. So, yeah. Great question, um, Andy. That's good, a good question. A, we could, we could spend really a long time. Yeah, really how introspective to, one there. How to fix WWE. Yeah, that's a <laughs> they have whole they have whole two hour wrestling podcasts just dedicated to that week in, week out. That being said, you know, we we try to say, like, look, we're given what we're given. Let's let's bitch about what we can, but then, you know, approve of the things that they do right. Because yeah. they do do a lot right. There's a reason this is a multi billion dollar company. There's a reason that they are where they are and that they entertain so many people across the world. They do a lot of things right. No, I think I think we do a good job of, of that striking that balance. We applaud and, and and reward the things that we like and that we're out of uh, that we enjoy, but we're not shy about saying the things that we don't like. So yeah, it's it's yeah, a nice which mix. Is, which is which is why we're currently not approved by the WWE to have any of their superstars on the show. Right, and we also talk <laughs> about the AEW. Thank you, Andy, for the question. Uh, next up, we had Will commentary has pointed out that the shakeup includes all brands. Huh. It seems like NXT has been pillaged already. So are there any other potential picks besides Pete Dunne and Buddy Murphy from the other two brands to m- include in the shakeup? Well, I know my boys over on uh, Going and Raw were nearly certain that Undisputed Era was coming to the main roster, which I thought was ridiculous. Uh, sorry, Steven Larson. But I... I <sighs> I don't think they're ready to go yet. I agree with him that NXT has been kind of actually very pillaged. pillaged completely pillaged the first couple of months of this year was was good god they gutted nxt um and i don't see anyone else being ready for the main roster yet because they took pretty much everyone who was even near to ready you might see a couple coming from the women's division in nxt but that's it um i could see them dissolving 205 live and spreading those superstars out across all brands yeah um, but still have the cruiserweight title and division. I mean, you yeah, can still, still have make that part of the shows, you know? Yeah. Um, but aside from that, no. I, and I agree with him. Dunn and Murphy are definitely the most likely ones to uh, to be called up. 
I still have hopes that, um, well, with Ronda being out now, there's there's no telling what that is going to look like. But uh, I, I still have hopes that Baszler's going to come up with Jessamyn Duke and uh, Sharina, uh, Marina yeah, Shafir. Duke and Shafir are just not ready yet. They're just yeah. not. You but, know? I mean, they could just be goons for, for Baszler. Yeah, they'd that's be kind of what they are that. already. That's kind yeah. of what they already are. But they have to have matches at some point. Anyway. Will, good question. Another one. Very introspective. Could do a whole hour on that whole thing. <laughs> uh, next up, Dominic. Is there anyone on Shayna's level at this point? Could we see some kind of Asuka's reign where she will be called up and vacate the title because nobody can beat her? Mm, I don't think so just because they already did it with Asuka. You know what I mean? And uh, I, obviously, anything's possible. Could they do it? Sure. And it would cer- certainly be a way to introduce her as being the monster heel that she portrays. She's... Kind of what I think Ronda wanted to be as a heel, but just Ronda doesn't have either the experience or just the demeanor that Shayna brings. You know, she does have that feel when she comes out. Yeah. Uh, and, and I've said on the show before, I absolutely adore everything that Shayna does. Uh, Ronda wrestles. Shayna goes in there and works like a technician. And that's partially because she was trained by Josh Barnett. You know, he was the guy who, who showed her how to do this. And so she kind of has a very unique style, which is a lot of fun. But I think at some point they're going to give that rub to somebody else. I thought it was going to be at this last takeover. They apparently thought otherwise and uh, want to wait a little bit longer. So cool. Yeah, it's, at this point, it's completely up in the air. They yep. could easily, excuse me, they could easily um, let her keep the title for a lot longer and try to build some other women up. Or they could... Just have like Bianca Belair, I think, could feasibly take it off of her. Io Shirai could feasibly feasibly take it off of her if they built them up over a month or two. Um, I don't think she's so godlike that that can't happen. But um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you a curveball. A returning Dakota Kai could could take it off of her. Yeah, that would definitely finish their story. Yeah, and that would be cool. There's some some unfinished business there for sure. I don't have it in front of me. What her time frame was to return because she messed up her leg yeah she did so (laughs) hashtag team kick (laughs) hashtag hashtag team limp at this point right right great question dominic thank you very much uh i'm not really sure who could take it off over other than oh oh oh, oh, wait 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 okay raya ripley except raya is currently in nxt uk and a heel i mean Um, i I, so i would have said tony uh what's that I said if I didn't know we were including NXT UK in this, but absolutely, if you include that, there's two or three women over there that could do it. Yeah, and I will throw this back to Will's question. Uh, Rhea Ripley should be pulled to the main roster. I I freaking adore her. Immediately. Yeah. (laughs) I love her stuff on WWE PC YouTube channel. Uh, She's adorable, and then she's also possibly one of like the most physically intimidating-looking women's wrestlers that has come around in a long time that can legit wrestle. Yes. So, good stuff. Thank you, Dominic, for the question. Next up, we had Chris. Uh, Gargano's call-up seems like it was halted because of the Champus injury. Uh, do you think the only reason they were coming up soon was for ratings of them finishing that feud on the main roster? Was Adam supposed to take the belt from Champa so DIY could go up together? From, from what I understand, the plan was to have them go on the main roster and have that story um, continue almost in tandem with the main roster, but have it finish uh, at at, at NXT. Um, 
there was a bit of tension because Triple H wasn't done telling their story and Vince wanted them up. And uh, Triple H wanted to finish their story. And in a way, it seemed like Vince would have won that argument and taken Ciampa and Gargano as his new little toys on the main roster. And, uh, and we never would have seen what we saw at TakeOver. And because of Ciampa's injury, Gargano was allowed to stay down in NXT and finish out the storyline with Adam Cole, who was never supposed to be part of it. He got he got inserted because of Ciampa's injury. Yeah. So it it to to basically to, to simplify all that, yes, it seems like Gargano's call up was halted because of the Ciampa injury, um, and they absolutely were called up to to goose ratings. And in a way, it's I, I could never say that it's a good thing that Ciampa got injured, but at the same time, like. We did, as a result of that injury, I think, get the finish to, to Gargano's storyline, have him win the NXT belt, um, and I, I'm very grateful for that. I wish it would have been against Ciampa. I wish none of this would have happened, Yeah, but hey. That, that was the plan. Uh, you, get, you, know? you get what you get. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, uh, Chris, for the question. Next up, we got Jacob. Uh, where does the Mania triple threat stack up? Against all the other Mania main events. Oh, no. Also. Oh, no. Best Mania main event bonus episode discussion. Jacob, yep. you want it. Yep. You got it. Yep, that's uh, happening. Ian and I have already talked. About, we are going to make that, I believe, our May bonus episode. We're going to compare this being the first ever women's main event of WrestleMania. We're going to look back at some of our favorites. We, we can't go through all 35 main events uh, in, in, a, in a roughly an hour, but we, we do want to pick like a few from the modern era, uh, the PG era, you could say, and then some of our choice favorite main events of WrestleManias over yeah. the entirety like, of, of world wrestling. Like all kind of the notorious or like well, well-known well main events of WrestleMania, you know, yeah. uh, Rock and Austin. Um, I, 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 I voted that we do the Bret Hart, Yokozuna, Hulk Hogan one just because it's so notorious. Right. It's such bullshit. Um, that kind of thing, you know, Hulk and Andre. So obviously all of those already, I'm going to say are, again, if we're going to talk about where this one stacks up to those main events, like it, was it a better technical match? Was it a better build? Like there's lots of aspects we could really discuss in this. I'm, I'm, we can't just really look at it and say, this one was better. Um, because there's just so many factors, but I agree. That's a, that's a great question. And I, Nick, I think we need to give at least an hour just to that question so yeah bonus episode a lot, a lot of these question guys are, are great primers for us to do bonus content on so keep them coming this is yeah. great stuff that we'll we take back behind the scenes part that, that you guys don't quite see is we talk about a lot of this stuff behind the scenes so these are great freaking questions thank and, you and to, and to answer his question uh this was just real real briefly uh this was better than last year's main event this was better than the year years before that's main event this was the best main event since 30 um 31. I got to go back to Daniel Bryan winning at 31, honestly. Uh, that was 30 he won at. Or 30. 31, 31 was the uh, Seth Rollins Seth Rollins job. cash in. Yep. I think it was the last like, good one on this level. Yep. So. Yep. Uh, the way I look at it personally is investment. Uh, personal investment. This is sports entertainment to no, me, and then and then it's then it's then it's wrestling. Then it's the off, exhibition. Be an hour. We're heading off on an hour long I conversation. I was answering his one question. Okay. So no, it didn't stack up for me. I was nowhere near invested in this feud. Uh, John asked, "Do you think this was the right way to handle?" He said, "Lindsay Evans." Sorry, John. I had that's, Lace, I called Lace, Lacey I, Evans. 
It's all good, dude. I I but, earlier I I called uh, I called uh, uh, Travis Brown Trevor Green. So it's all good. Trent Purple, much like Baptista Bastard. that you guys started. Uh, she will now henceforth be known as Lindsay Evans, much like Mike Ben uh, Canellis. That's just going to be a running meme here on the show. Uh, so do you think this was the right way to handle Lindsay Evans? I don't appreciate that she just gets to pick a fight right away when they're squandering other talent. Hashtag wrestling. Well, d- to be clear, Dana Brooke also issued a challenge to Becky Lynch. I have a feeling that Becky's going to be getting challenged by a lot of people. She said she's going to be a fighting champ. So I have a feeling it's not just Lacey. And also, if you want to look at it in kayfabe, perhaps Lacey was coming out every week and eyeballing her competition, getting into their heads, if you will. Uh-huh. And one of the best ways to get into the heads of somebody is to take the fight to them. In this particular instance, Lacey Evans picked her shot, and that shot was against the Becky two belts. So, frankly, do I think it's right? But no, she's a heel. Of course it's not right. It's supposed to not be right. That's why it's great. All about exactly. Thank you, John. Great uh, question. As far, and, and really quickly, about, yeah. as far as squandering other talent, um, I don't know who else they would have go against Becky right now, to be honest, unless it was a rehash or something. Uh, you know, I think it's too early for Asuka. You have to have someone that Becky can re- either realistically beat or someone who you want to push to the moon. Uh, to, to really seriously answer this question. And, and they want to uh, push Lindsay Evans to the moon. Yes, absolutely. So no, We've been saying right. for a year she's got those big rockets the, strapped as soon right as Vince decision. saw her. And, yep. we were, not, and what do you know? What do you not know, to be outdone, her first feud is a title opportunity. What, a, what, a, <laughs> what do you know, Nick? We've been right all along. Imagine that. And thanks, John. Uh, last but certainly not least, Rule asked Roman. <laughs> this is my favorite question of all of them. Uh-huh. Oh, because you know this hits home. Roman Reigns is already losing his shine again, and soon he'll be back to booze and being hated. How would you handle the Roman situation from this point on? Ian, I think our very first Patreon bonus episode was called The State of the Roman back in August. The State of the Roman Address. And I think we talked about a lot of this, but it's interesting now with the things that have happened because I think I said something, was it last week? That we were all no, it was uh, the WrestleMania recap show. All of that build, if you could call it build, I'll do air quotes towards that McIntyre feud. And McIntyre got all that offense in, never got a claymore, one rope run and a shitty spear, and he puts down Drew McIntyre, yeah. the Scottish psychopath. It's the it's the Hogan booking, dude. Like I don't I don't understand why everyone's so mad at that match. I'm like that's classic that's classic WWE superface booking. I don't know. One leg drop and you're done. Yeah. One leg drop, you know, one AA, whatever. It's, it's the same. It's the same pattern. My whole thing is, is what worked with Cena when everyone came around on Cena was when he did the U S open challenge. Right. So do something like that with Roman. Don't have him at the top of the card. People these days don't appreciate the super Cena's and the Hulk Hogan's being at the top of the card anymore, but they don't mind them so much in the middle of the card. So I wouldn't have him push the moon as the guy. Just have him be, of a guy who happens to be very good and, and does his little superhero shtick on the side. You know what I mean? Don't have like him that. be the main event. Yeah. I mean, that, that would be my first thing. There's bigger, better guys, frankly. Uh, you know, and Joe, the man, is nice as hell, does mm-hmm. crazy amounts of make-a-wishes like Cena. He's a great guy. If you've watched the Chronicle thing, if you haven't seen the Chronicle yeah. on his comeback, it's fantastic. Well, and also, you know, here's the thing. He doesn't have to work that style of match. But no. if you're going to have him work that style of match... Keep it out of the main event. But if you want to have him work more of the, you know, the, the roughhouse style like he did with Braun Strowman or give him a match against AJ, someone like AJ, and have him actually work, 
then great, do that. I like the kind of more human Roman Reigns that he's come back from cancer with. Um, play that up. So there's no, there's lots of things they can do with Roman, I think. And um, I think he'll keep his sympathy card for a while, but I agree at a certain point they're going to have to figure out how not to let him become uh, I'm so bored with Roman Reigns again. Uh, maybe it's when the uh, the ribbon double R Roman Reigns merch runs out, runs its course, you know. Uh, anyway, thank you very much for all the questions today, guys. If you want to get your questions in to be answered on the show every week, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for that $5 tier, and you can get in and send us questions every single week. But Ian, that's not it. We're not done. We've got just enough time before our other news lightning round. Beep, 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 Yes, sir. And actually, I already touched on some of these uh, news things in other segments of the show, so I can skip right past them. I just go right to AJ Styles has injured his hip. He's out for an indeterminate amount of time. Oh, AJ, just because you're over 40 doesn't mean you can go and bust a hip already, man. Come yeah. on. Um, hopefully, uh, he'll be back soon. Uh, announcer, backstage interviewer Dasha Fuentes was released, future endeavored. Uh, so it's, it is that season. It's future endeavorment season. We'll see how many more of these we see. Enjoy that GTR car payment. Uh, wah, wah. Uh, Dave Batista has officially retired. That will be his last match. So instead of Triple H losing his career, Dave lost his. But we can't really blame him. Dude's got a big old movie career going right now with like three movies in development and two movies coming out this summer and all kinds of stuff. So he's not suffering. He'll be doing just fine. He may be suffering thuckatath, though. Baptista Tanahashi injured his elbow in that Jack Zack Sabre Jr. match that I mentioned uh, Tenzan injured his knee that means they're both out for the wrestling Dontaku tour which is a bummer but the card looks good anyway uh, you got like I said earlier Okada versus Sonata <laughs> uh, poor Sonata uh, Taiji Ishimori versus the new champ Dragon Lee you've got Taichi going back for the never open weight belt against Jeff Cobb okay Man, he better not beat Jeff. I'm going to be so mad if Taiji takes that belt off of him. Right. God damn it. And uh, Kota Ibushi will be facing Zack Sabre Jr. for that icy belt. He'll be trying oh. to... Yeah. Mm. Oh. Mm. Oh. Ibushi oh. Sabre. Yummy. Eli Drake is out of impact. Uh, the reports vary as to whether he asked for his release or just left or they released him. Uh, there's a whole contract dispute going on right now, and they're probably going to try and keep him in limbo for a while. So that's a bummer for Eli Drake. Can't blame him, though. They weren't using him very well over there. Uh, superstar Billy Graham is still tweeting about how he doesn't like Kofi Kingston as a challenger for the WWE title and now the holder of the WWE title. He actually suggested that Kofi Kingston take steroids to put on some bulk uh, this week. Billy, shut up. Shut up. That was the dumbest thing I've heard all week. Oh, my God. Just because you, you wrecked yourself on steroids doesn't mean everyone else should. Yeah. Um, and, and he clarified. He said, I said use them, not abuse them. So, oh, sorry. Sorry, Billy. Sorry, Billy. Go back into obscurity. Uh, there's also been reports that Dijakovic or as we like to call him around here. Dijak. Dijak. Uh, tr attempted a new gimmick in NXT, but it is developmental. You're there to try things out. So he tried something out. It did not go over so well and was immediately trashed within like a day or two of him debuting it, largely because his new, uh, his new gimmick was white supremacist. <laughs> he said he was coming over from Europe and uh, he was here to cleanse the population. 
Oh man, yeah. So that tweet got taken down real quick, and uh, they they quickly scrapped that one. Not too surprising. Kind of surprised it ever got anywhere. Hashtag PG era. Oh man. <laughs> they, they said they were going to get edgier for for SmackDown. Oh, yeah. I didn't hey, get Woo! Heads up. Woo. <laughs> Look for Dijak. But it's okay. It's okay. Dijak is a very fine person. Yes. Uh, and then finally, Zack Ryder and Chelsea Green got engaged. Nice, whole, nice, nice, wholesome way to end our news segment. Way to go, Zack Ryder, Chelsea Green. Congratulations. Uh, looking forward to Chelsea Green getting some time on NXT. That could definitely be a, a lady who, once she acclimates to WWE, could be in the title picture very quickly. One more, in. I'd like to throw into the other news lightning round this week. Uh, if you have not heard it, Tommy Dreamer has a podcast called House of Hardcore, and he put out an excellent Excellent response from the perspective of a professional wrestler who also has run and continues to run a professional wrestling business. Uh, response res- to the John Oliver piece. In response to the John Oliver piece on WWE. Please go listen to that. It is fantastic. If you have not heard it, it is wonderful to hear the differing perspectives. One from someone who's a comedian on HBO that has a talk show and a platform one who, I don't know, has actually wrestled and worked in the industry for the better part of three decades. Yeah, it's a, it's a really complex issue, and I, I truly don't believe that John Oliver gave himself enough time to dive into it. Um, and I don't even agree with everything Tommy Dreamer said because it's, it is so nuanced and so complex, and I feel like yeah. Tommy's still kind of running a bit of the WWE line there, but um, or, or you know, whatever you want to call it, brainwashed. I don't know, but... The bottom line is, is that it's well worth a listen. Get some more perspective on a very complex issue. And uh, yeah, Tommy, Tommy, let's go listen to Tommy. Yes, Tommy, Tommy. Well, guys, there's our show for this week. Thank you, Ian, for the rundown. Thank you guys for joining us here on the Busted Wide Open podcast. As always, you can come over to Facebook and join us in the Busted Wide Open discussion group. We're doing a lot more over on Facebook, so that is definitely the place to be. Send us a join request. We will get you right in. You can also follow us over on Twitter at BWO Podcast, YouTube at YouTube.com slash C slash Busted Wide Open. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and the notification bell so that you get alerts. Also, last but certainly not least, thank you, patrons, uh, for all of your support, all of your uh, patronage, the Naya Shrine that I'm pointing to behind me that you can't see just yet, but uh, I, think it's yet. About, I think it's about time that I start to unveil that very slowly yes. to the greater listenership, so be I ready. Don't see, I don't see your poster up there, Nick. It's, I only see the stand-up. It's not. It's, it's flattening over uh, there on the floor because it was rolled okay. up. All I'm right. letting it flatten fully first all before right. I put it up on the wall, but... Okay. There will be more added as we go out through the year, but you got to be in the group to see some of those pictures. So make sure you're in the Busted Wide Open discussion group on Facebook. And if you want to get involved and get access to bonus episodes, the ability to ask listener questions, see show notes, all kinds of good stuff, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those awesome, awesome reward tiers. But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Surrey and Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God, would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.